Hello, Chomp Nation, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. It's a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will find yourself taking cover behind a large crate in the midst of a shootout. Bullets flying, people shouting, dirt displaced in the air. You keep calm and listen for the right time to strike. You notice a parchment on the ground and quickly glance at it. There are names. You pick it up hastily and skim over it. Ivan. Bernadette, Jonathan, Sai, Beefy Gamers, Eric S, Bebop, Justin, J Hole Bro, Paul, The Zalbi, Amber, Fletch. You stuff the paper into the inside jacket pocket, refocusing on the fight, but wanting to remember those names for later. You clutch your gun. Take a deep breath. And what an exciting episode we have today. This week, the world saw another Nintendo Direct, and boy, was it an interesting one. I actually had one of the chompers message me this week and ask, did you plan last week's episode topic around the fact that there was a Nintendo Direct this week? And I kindly let them know that I actually didn't know that the Direct was going to be happening until the day before. (laughs) So it just worked out that way. But anyways... We are going to be discussing all of the announcements and see how we feel about them. We also have an onslaught of games to discuss as the guys and I talk about Deathloop, Tales of Arise, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Lost Judgment, Eastward, Skatebird, Lake, Dodgeball Academia, and Genesis Noir. We also have the Patreon questions of the week, question of the week, excuse me, and the social media polls to get to. Last but not least, we must shout out the people who continue to keep the lights on here at this old rickety barge. It's going to be a banger of an episode. Let's get to it, boys. Let's get to the intro so we can get this thing started. First, we have the editor himself calling in from the big apple mr richmeister rick how are you doing this week who the fuck is rick (laughs) that's you that's not me no one's ever called me rick well today's your lucky day how are you doing this week though i'm all right man um busy uh there's a lot of really cool games happening right now so that's pretty pretty cool but also unfortunate because unfortunate in the sense that i haven't had time for much else like i leave the house to like go for runs and go to work and then i'm like i gotta go play games yeah i gotta go, I gotta go play games it's <laughs> the fucking worst i just trying to just trying to do my life stuff and you just got the fucking games Yag- yagami doing. needs me <laughs> light yagami death Taki- note Tak yagami Oh, okay, that works. Lost too. judgment. That's fair. But you've been running this week. That's awesome. It's finally getting I, to um that weather in New York where I uh want to get my workouts in outside again. Outside of I still use the hell out of uh Supernatural, the Oculus VR fitness app. I don't know if I've ever actually talked about it on the podcast, but that fucking thing is great. Um it's been helping me a lot, like to keep consistent and stuff, but it's like 60 degrees in New York today, and uh, that actually makes me want to, like, go outside and sweat a little. I mean, 
that's pretty awesome. I like anything to keep you dedicated and motivated to keep keeping a habit such as like running always always good and i'm glad the weather's actually cooling down that uh the u.s isn't still on fire from forest fires and isn't flooding in new york well, city no, it's, it's still on fire just you know in la like normal uh, <laughs> exactly exactly i wonder if there's rich is there any bitter rivalry that you feel to california or la i know that like some people Not really um I have friends out there. I like LA quite a bit. The parts when when you can go to the parts that aren't on fire. Like yeah. um I like hanging out in Studio City and stuff. Um in okay. Santa Monica when it's not on fire. Yeah, no, I I was just curious. I I've met some people from New York in my life and they are very fervently supporting New York as the best city and uh But yeah. we do hate Philadelphia. Flip Flip, Flipadelphia. I want to Birthplace of America? Yeah, and they took one look around and got the fuck out. Got him. Got him. Got that burn right there. But no, I'm glad you're here, Rich. That's more of a Boston thing, really, but I like that city. Hey, hey. Boston's... Yeah, I'm, yeah. I've always wanted to visit Boston. For some reason, I've never visited there. So when I return to the U.S. I someday... I would love to... I mean, they export to, their beans. So you've seen about all there is there. Beantown. I don't know what it is about Boston. I really, I, I would love to live in Boston. I really like that city. We're gonna like when I come back, Rich. We're gonna have to go visit there together. We'll go on a road trip. Well, there. we'll have to have a, a panel at PAX East. Dude, that'd be dope. I would love that. So five fans could come see us. It'd that'd be, be great. great. It, listen, hey, five <laughs> fans and a bunch of random people who needed to get that seat in the theater for the next panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to give us more credit than that. You're right. You're right. But I'm glad you're here, Rich. We're going to have to also introduce the whiz kid who is calling in from North Carolina, Mr. Josh Fowler. So, Josh, I heard you had a big week in gaming, but how was life outside of the controller? Um, Who, who the fuck is Josh? I, I, I guess because we're in, in Boston. <laughs> no, oh, actually. Josh. Yes, oh, yeah, it's Josh from Josh. Boston. Yeah. Gosh, no, no. To be was, honest with you, like uh, as I was writing these intros, I accidentally typed Rick Meister, and I was like, I never called him Rick. I'm gonna call him Rick. And then I was like, What do I call Josh? Mm. And I was like, I was like, So it was a happy accident. Ju- we were just talking about Boston. Yeah, I was like, Josh, Jish. We'll just go with Josh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how was your week, man? Um, eh, it was a week. Yeah. Um, still I trying to get details. settled in and everything, but yeah, there we go. Those are the details I need. The uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to replace furniture that uh, was shitty before we moved, so we didn't move. And uh, you upgraded to shittier. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Unfortunately. Basically. So yeah, I've been you know putting together a bunch of flat pack garbage. This week and some some of which I wish is, you call is, my ass is flat pack reasonable. Garbage. Yeah, if you want pack me to, is baby. generous. Um, <laughs> you want me to. It's it's more like a I don't know a like a half filled bag of potato chips. Mm-hmm. To a yeah, regular bag one of those of ones chips. that looks like it's a good bag, and then as soon as you open it, you realize there's three chips at the bottom, and the rest is air. Yeah, you open the bag and then it just shoots mm-hmm. your, air, your, your hair backwards. Yep. Yep. Yeah, one of those bags. But anyways, yeah, sorry. Continue your story. I, I kind of hijacked well, it. 
anyway, so I've just been getting stuff together and uh it's 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 beyond frustrating how just complete it's just shit it's just complete garbage like wh- why do people even make stuff that is this bad like it it makes no sense to me like i i can understand flak pack that's not the highest quality but like stuff that falls apart while you're putting it together why wh- who's uh, it's just the country is on fire and then we're wasting all the resources and and everything to build trash but they trick your stupid ass yeah it's like it's, uh... you know why we don't make anything in america anymore because all the shit we make is garbage mm-hmm. pretty much Pretty much. Um, well, you know, you know it's not garbage, Josh. Hmm. This podcast, and I'm really excited to do it with you. I'm glad you're here today. I was going to say, know Robocop. works on this bad boy. Well, I, you know, despite some recent messages and comments this these past few weeks telling us we have been garbage, I don't believe it. I don't believe that? it for one moment. Oh, just a few people on Instagram. Just the Grand Dragon. Posted some random posts and Fin shit Fang like that. Foom. Yes, exactly. But no, I'm glad you're here, Josh. Even though you're having issues with furniture, you're not having issues with playing lots of games, which is what you did this week. So I'm excited to talk about those with you. And uh, I'm Shay calling all the way in from Japan. Let's just get right into this. So the Nintendo Direct dropped this past week, and it was the the biggest uh, Nintendo Direct since E3. They've had some smaller things like Pokemon Direct and small things here and there, but this was a big one. So what we're going to do is we're just going to run through the news. Um, I've skipped a few things just as I know none of us really have interest in them, but there are very few things I actually skipped. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, Let's not waste any more time. Let's just get straight into it. And we're going to go in a chronological order from when they were announced. So the Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is some sort of expansion, was announced to be dropping in summer 2012. Now, Rich, I know you played I don't some think Monster Hunter. Wow. Or sorry, fucking missed 2022. That. Yeah, we're going back in time, guys. Sorry, 2022. Thank you. Sorry. Anyways, um, Rich, you're pretty much the only guy here who played this game. I know you're kind of excited for it. Tell me how yeah. you feel about it. Uh, I fucking adore Monster Hunter. I played the shit out of Rise. Um. If there wasn't so much other stuff to be enjoying, I probably would have put even more time into that. Right. But um, this is the first, like, they, they've added new monsters and stuff and updates, which have been plenty of reason to dig back in. But this is the first big update that's, you know, having some big, like, Elder Dragon stuff, some new environments. They've teased, but not really gotten into there being some new hunting mechanics and stuff like that. Um, it's unclear exactly how much content there's going to be, but they're toting it as the first big proper expansion and that's that's plenty exciting for me because let me tell you i i can lose myself into in monster hunter and monster hunter rise is a fantastic monster hunter Mm, cool yeah i i not really big into the monster hunter gaming platform whatever you want to call it but the stuff that they showed off actually looked pretty interesting and so for the fans of this series and this game in particular i'm really happy for them Glad that they're getting more content, and it's yeah not that far away, but it's far enough away to where you feel like you can get kind of caught up and 
yeah, mentally exactly. prepared to hop back in. Also, it's, I mean, I'm sure I mentioned this back when the game launched and we were talking about it a little bit more at nauseum, but I'll still stress, like, that is one of the prettiest looking um, Switch games. Like, it is the, gorgeous. It's, and it's one of the few games where I, I had a conversation with a few people about this. There is a very noticeable, to me at least, difference between docked and undocked with that game. Like, looking at that game on my fucking 4K television is breathtaking and it still looks good in handheld but it is like a a discernible difference hmm. yeah yeah i i think that yeah that's probably true with most games docked and undocked but yeah this i can imagine this game docked probably is the best absolute best way to enjoy it so for sure makes sense okay so the next news mario party superstars is dropping october 29th to be honest not the biggest Mario Party guy. It's fun to play once in a while, but um, worth mentioning, I suppose. Yeah, I, I have a lot of friends who are like, I've always been real into that because they're the friends I've been way into party games with. And a lot of us all living in different places now, I'm probably going to end up picking this up because this will be the way a lot of us like make time to hang out is like hop online in a mm-hmm. Skype call or a Zoom call or something and just fire up Super Mario Party. The 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 last Mario Party would have been the way for us to really do that, but Nintendo took a year to add online to it. Um, yeah. This one has online at launch, and it's also worth mentioning that the whole point of it is um, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of boards and mini games from the classic Mario Parties for N sixty four. Which when we get to N sixty four games coming to the Switch, mm-hmm. you might notice there's no Mario Parties listed on there, and there probably won't be for like a year. Because Just they're to gonna sure want to sell this. this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good for those people um who want to play party games. And the nice thing is, in theory, in theory, if by this time enough people are vaccinated and it's safer, you or at least your friends and you know you're all safe and you're all comfortable with your guys' choices, that October 29th, maybe you can have a few friends over in a closed environment and play this game together or worst case scenario you got to play it online and uh go through discord that way so it's a good it's another good party game and especially i think it's releasing at the right time just because usually during the the wind down of the fall going into the winter i know a lot of people kind of get depressed seasonal affective disorder with um you know kind of getting holed in at home that this will be a nice game to you know keep in touch with your friends during the winter season as well absolutely yeah all right just some very small announcements i thought was interesting voice of cards the isle of dragon roars is a new card game from square enix near creator yoko taro and near composer keiichi okabe yeah i got his name right cool there's a demo now available for those interested and it drops on october 28th i'm not big into the card games anymore but um I thought it was kind of cool that uh, the near creator, uh, Yoko Taro, and Keiichi Okabe are involved in this. So I didn't know if you guys were interested at all. I'm not really, but I just thought it was cool that those guys are working on it. I'll circle it for a bit. I mean, it's super cool. Yoko Taro finally got in on this card game craze like two years late. Um, yeah. And also I, there's a free demo. I Yeah, no, it's, it's worth trying out. I like, I tend to like card games. Like I tend to lean more like those deck builder roguelites and stuff like that. But um, with a demo especially, I'll definitely take a look. Yeah, Yeah. why not? Why not? So anyone interested, that 
that way you can check it out there on the demo. Uh, good news for Josh, not really good news specific, specifically for him, but he'll be happy to hear this. I know he already was. Disco Elysium, the final cut, is being ported to the Switch, slated for an October 12th release. Um, also, our good buddy, uh, The Rev, will be happy to hear that. That is one of his definitive favorite games of all time. Josh, I know how much you love this game, so it's cool that it's being ported. That way, more people can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That game's great. And that's all that needs to be said about the, it. The tiny text idea, though, is what sinks to me in my core. I'm like, oh, I don't want to play it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that being the case. Yeah, it's I want one to play of the few it on my games, big wide PC monitor. Exactly. It's one of the few games you see a Switch version of, and you're like, hmm, maybe, maybe I do want a monitor for this one. If it gets it into more people's hands, I'm totally in favor of it. As someone with the option, that is not the way I want to play that game. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel, too. Even though I've never played it, but although everything I've, is voiced now, so oh, I forgot that they were coding that, which is an insane yeah. amount of dialogue. Yeah, it's crazy. But th- that was the oh, was it April update? I th- I can't remember. It was this spring sometime when they updated that, and this this is that version, which mm-hmm. you know it won't be quite as big of a deal since everything is voiced, but it it's still yeah, that's what we call it's the got nice a lot of text on screen. Promise. Yeah. Everything's voiced. Obi Doma Shnamanaba. Yep. All right. So next, this news was I was probably the most excited for it out of the three of us and out of most people I know. Uh, Chocobo GP, a new Chocobo racing game, is coming out in 2022. I was absolutely elated for this news. I loved Chocobo Racing on the PS1. I played the shit out of that game when I was younger. I rented it multiple times from my local rental shop. I never bought it for some reason, or I never got my parents convinced my parents to buy it for me for some reason. Absolutely love this game. It's a very expensive collector's item nowadays. I say very, it's not very, but it's pretty expensive sure to collect this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I heard a lot of people bad mouthing this game, saying it's a C tier Mario Kart. And y'all can suck a dick because this game is amazing. I, and Shay, I, I, just, I just have one question. No. Is, moving is on. This, why are just they releasing me. this like old Wii game they found? Oh, you mean, I, I don't know, but I'm happy. I'm happy. It's no, no, out like, no, this is not even like supposed to be a knock. This game oh. doesn't look modern in a weird way. Yeah. yeah. It it doesn't, but at the same time, I mean, with some of the other announcements that I wonder we're if they just forgot over. to turn the lighting engine on whenever they rendered that trailer. Oh, I thought you were gonna go funnier with it, but like someone at Square is like, "Oh fuck, we made that Chocobo game for the Wii U." Mm, yeah, <laughs> we should release. They just that. found this thing. Yeah. Um. But Sorry granted, I'll I'll also say you know I was looking at screenshots and I saw Steiner in like a weird clunky metal car and I was like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably enough. Yeah, no, I, I'm still excited. Um, you know, I hope it's great. I hope it's great. I really do. I do as well. I hope they're not charging 50 or $60 for it. That's my other big hope. <laughs> what a hilarious hope for you to have. Yeah, because if, it, if they're trying to charge that much, I mean, I agree with you to the point of if they try and charge 50 or $60, it's going to be a little rough. Like if it's in the I don't $30 know how they're going to get that on iOS. I, <laughs> I think... I think 40 is probably the most I would say is okay for this, but I have a feeling it'll be more than that. 
I, I would say 30, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, but you're, you're living a, in a dream world. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's fine. If they charge more than 30, I probably won't end up picking it up. So, wow. You know, that's half their sales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're fucked. Chocobo's <laughs> got wheels for feet. That's right. All right. One of the very big announcements that was dropped, um, it was leaked before the direct. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. We got to our first big look at the game. It um, was announced to be releasing in spring of 2022. Looks kind of this uh, post-apocalyptic nature has um, taken back over man-made structures and Kirby and monsters are sifting through the aftermath of humanity, which was a very interesting trailer to see in a, in a, um, an environment to see juxtaposed with the music that was going on. I absolutely love that trailer. I cannot remember a time I've been more excited for a Kirby game than this one. It looks really good. And like, I, I talked about this probably, but like, Kirby's done quote unquote 3D games before, but there's never been a proper 3D Kirby platformer. Yeah. And I'm so glad they finally decided to do it here because it's got a great look to it. And I feel like so many people are surprised at like the like post-apocalyptic looking setting, but the the plot to most Kirby games is like an ethereal god of chaos ruins Kirby's tea party, so he murders it. So it's yeah. really not out of place in the lore. Yeah. Yeah, they go I some need... places when 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 the inciting incident is like I'm hungry, and yeah, yeah. then it just takes off from there. And yeah. I, I'm hoping it it has like the thing that's great about Kirby games, um, typically is they tend to err on the side of like easier platformers in the sense that they're as difficult as you make them. They're very forgiving, but then yeah. there's very hard optional things to do, and a lot of those games always have like a a more difficult mode when you beat it, like. Planet Robobot, for example, which is a great Kirby game, um, has a Meta Knight mode when you beat it, where you play through the game again as Meta Knight, and it's much harder. And I hope mm. something like that is present here, because those Kirby games are fantastic. Mm. I kind of expect that, given how they've done all the 3D Mario games, which are basically the same thing, where, like, completing yeah. the story is I, very I think basic, cool, but... Yeah, to, yeah, again, I would be surprised that they didn't have it, but I am expecting this game to probably have, like, a Meta Knight mode, which is a lot of what they do in the yeah. Okay, now you're playing as Meta Knight, but the game is much harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, the I have actually a really quick funny story. So yesterday I was doing work training via Zoom, and we were in this a bunch of uh coworkers and I were in this this group room waiting for the lecture to start, and somebody had a Kirby plusher doll that they were showing on their camera. And somebody said, hey, we have a celebrity joining us today. Mm -hmm. And I said, he's just here to suck up all that knowledge. And I was really proud of that joke. And um, I know it won't be appreciated here. It it wasn't appreciated here. I know it won't be because my puns and jokes always just get scoffs and groans. But uh, the people there there appreciated it very much. Mm. There are many people laughing and I felt like I belonged finally. Well, it's weird that on. I could feel like I could belong in a group of strangers, but not amongst my friends. Hmm. Hang on to that feeling. You'll likely never experience it again. <laughs> you know what? I quit. Good luck, guys. See ya. See, that's funny. <laughs> I was going to make a hot air joke, but... <laughs> no, that's really not a, that's not a bad pun. I feel like you got to be in... Like, we were too queued up for it. 
but like it was worthy of like ah it was mm -hmm. i know the point was just me slamming you guys because you guys never laugh at my puns yeah and we never it will it cut it cuts it cuts to the core guys but anyways um animal crossing new horizons is getting a direct in october detailing the new update and content it got some new stuff uh, I just thought it was Fuck really yeah. funny. I was messaging the guys about this. I was like, oh, cool. A direct announcing another direct. That makes sense. It's, <laughs> it's very Nintendo to do, but they, they didn't bury the lead, which is the smart thing for me. Like, I feel like I've definitely harped about this on the podcast before. They're adding Brewster and the Roost, the one thing I've wanted since this Animal Crossing started, which is yeah. for anyone not familiar, Brewster is a pigeon who runs a coffee shop in the Animal Crossing universe. And it looks like they're adding his coffee shop, The Roost, which is going to be a 24-hour coffee shop inside the museum, which also great because, weirdly, on its current time cycle, New Horizons doesn't have a ton to do at night. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So, I mean, it's cool for those of you who are still playing this game. I know there are some people out there who are still playing it. Um, cool. You get more content. Nothing wrong with that. And it's... it's to they're me, supporting it's gonna... the hell out of this. Yeah, 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 exactly. It kind of reminds me of the topic we're going to be having here in a few weeks or next week. We were going to originally do it this week, but we're going to do it next week. Um, this kind of goes just kind of some of this news about adding free new content to try and keep their player base playing solely one game this whole time. It's going to kind of play into conversation for later, but still, it's cool. Free content. Can't beat that. Good for you, fans of the game. I'm not one of them. But I'm happy for you. Sack of shit. <laughs> Koopa Troopa, Koopa Troopa, Koopa Troopa, and Ninji, along with two new courses, were dropped into Mario Golf Super Rush the day of the Nintendo Direct. I know Rich was excited about yeah. 50%, did not play it at all. No, I played it. Rich was excited 75% and definitely played it. Yeah, I wanted to see how Ninji worked because a lot of the speed golf mechanics revolve around obviously running to your ball, and Ninji's whole thing is like he doesn't hit quite as hard, but he's fast as shit. Um, yeah, which translates well into speed golf. So mm. I just kind of wanted to mess around with it a little bit. That and that game is still real fun. It's again become another one of those games of like I got some friends over and we're having drinks and we're gonna hit a couple holes in Mario Golf, and that's kind of what it's relegated to at this point. But great to see again, much like they did with tennis aces. They're going to keep supporting it and just adding characters and stuff. I'm going to bring yeah. a joke from 10 years ago and say, uh, just be happy you're not inviting Tiger Woods into your uh, drinking party because then hitting holes would take on a whole new meaning. I was going to say because he cheated on his wife. That, that was the implication there. That was, thank you yeah, for making it direct. I wanted, wanted to get to the heart of it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. But no, I, don't I know if kids these days would be up on that. <laughs> tiger woods is not an actual tiger kids mm. he's a man but he does have multiple woods and there's one particular one he really likes to use but um no it's his penis this, yeah his, <laughs> his penis but uh the trailer looked fun like watching ninji and how how to use him i've never played the game but it looked entertaining so mm -hmm. yeah it's cool that that additional content is being added there's so many no. characters in that game that hit golf balls with using one hand on the golf club. It's fucking hysterical. That is pretty funny. I, I would love to just, I would love to go to a golf course and see like 50 people doing that shit, just hitting with one hand and running around everywhere. Ch yeah. Charging Chuck's uh, like power hit in that game is he throws the golf ball in a spiral like it's a football. 
Like literally That's, picks it up and like a uh, an energy football forms around it and then he throws it in a spiral. It's amazing. Too bad we're living in a pandemic right now because I guarantee you somebody would make that TikTok if it doesn't already exist of people doing that shit. But um they probably get kicked out of the golf course anyways. So mm. who knows? Who's to say? Who is to say, Rich? You're damn right. But the next bit of news probably an is old a little white bit pol- probably <laughs> is a little bit polarizing. Kotor is coming to the Switch November 11th for $14.99. Um, I've seen plenty of people say this is just a cash grab. This is the cheapest, shittiest version of this. Why would you want to play this? And then there are other people like, oh, sweet, I can finally play this game before the remake. Yeah. Um, yeah the, the reason there, it's there worth that takes is on this one. Because the PC, the PC version doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like, you can still buy it for Steam, but only if you, you have, have to two jump months some, to get the thing working. You got to jump through some hoops to get it to run. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. Like playing the original Kotor would be a bit of a slog at this point. I kind of wish that, that it was like a. I'd be happier with hours? with one and two for twenty bucks. Is kind of. I'd be happier if they took the time to go back in and finish two. Yeah, but still, <laughs> uh, it's kind of the point. Like, I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, no, no, I, I, one hundred percent feel you. But I, I mean, actually, for people who haven't experienced that game. I think it's a cool opportunity to dive back in and sort of see where like the DNA of Mass Effect kind of comes from because that's 100% what those games are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like I I was actually kind of excited by this news cuz I never played Kotor like at all. Never I never even seen anyone play it myself and I thought it would be cool to get on the Switch and actually play it. Um I know it's going to be clunky, and that's probably not going to bother me too, too much. Maybe that's I'm a cool wrong. narrative, though. Like, and I, I think we talked about this when they announced the the remake, Shay, which is insane to me when I think about it. You're somehow walking around not knowing what the big twist of Kotor is, and that's insane to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, it'd be cool to actually sit down and play this. Um, we'll see how it, like, how time pans out around this time, and if um i have the time to spare to play this game because yeah i do want to play it especially before the remake drops i think yeah. it'd be good to have that frame of reference you can like, see i can boy, i uh... couldn't imagine somebody playing the final fantasy 7 remake without having at least tried the original a little bit i'm sure there's a ton of people who did oh for sure in for fact I, I work with i work with one of them um but i mean you know you can you can see some great weird weird stuff there like go see uh Caden Alenko from Mass Effect as Cartho Nassi, his original totally not Han Solo ripoff. Okay. I'll do it right now. Do it. I am. Uh, Dying Light 2 is getting a cloud version, and Dying Light Platinum Edition is coming to the Switch October 19th. This, for me, was probably the weirdest and most unexpected news coming for the Switch. I was like, cool zombies, but... This cloud version stuff is cool. Um, Like... I'm glad they're embracing it a little bit because it's it's interesting to I don't know how I haven't really done much with cloud version stuff to tell you how reliable it is, but I think it's cool that they're finding you know good ways to make games like that run on the hardware for people that don't have any other options. Yeah, it's it's nice. I just was I was curious how the performance is going to be on the Switch because it's I mean it's not the most gorgeous looking game, but it is a, a for the time of it releasing it was a fairly higher fidelity style game and there's a ton of action and the first I mean, one's it, not a cloud version right no uh, okay. uh, this it seems like it's not going to be a cloud version they it hasn't definitely been confirmed or denied was, i think 
I think they would have set up front if the first one was a cloud version. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't like for me, this, this isn't for me. I already own dying light and I still haven't played it yet. Unfortunately. Um, I'd rather play it on one of the other consoles that I think could probably handle this game better. Like the Coleco vision. (laughs) Exactly. But no, I'm curious who this is for, I guess. I really don't know. People who are interested in this game that do not, that only have a Switch, which like probably a small market, but also I'm sure exists. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I guess cool or whatever, but not, not my first, second, third, fourth or fifth choice in this. So anyways, um, just wanted to mention that triangle strategy, um, for all intents and purposes, it looks like this is not going to be the, like the code name. This is going to be the actual name of the game. They gave up just like Octopath. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is going to be releasing March 4th, 2022. They briefly mentioned in their trailer after showing off some more gameplay, some more of, uh, the story that they have made some quality of life changes after, uh, people had, uh, reflected on the demo essentially saying that, certain changes need to be made so they made those changes improving the gameplay in theory the demo is still available for those of you who have not tried it we actually had a lot of people on the instagram saying i still haven't played this i'm really excited for this and i was letting them know hey the demo is still available you can go play it right now and it's still completely serviceable and functional and it's a really good demo real promising um looks so good i like i want that full game hell yeah so uh, there are some other people sounding off saying, you know, I'd much rather have the uh, Final Fantasy Tactics remaster that's getting rumored and whatnot. And I said, why not both? Precisely. More tactics is always good. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Want tactics for this. Ogre. Yeah, exactly. Josh, are you excited for this game? Eh. Um, like, I expect good things from the mechanical side of it. And like the art style looks good, music, whatnot. I was not a fan of the stre- of the like narrative. Going it is on verbose in Octopath, and I'm kind of yeah. I don't have, have super high hopes for for the narrative in this either. So it, it's gonna have to have great gameplay to like pull me through it. I think, what, or just really surprise me with the narrative. So. What, what I'll voice here, Josh, is that I think the thing that drags Octopath's narrative down for me, and you and I have definitely had this conversation before, is that they were so reliant on the, you could start it from everywhere, that every story feels so disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really where it struggles. I, I don't see why this would have that same problem, so I'm hoping a l- that they could pull something out a little better narratively. But yeah. I, I think those are fair concerns. Yeah, because, like, a lot of the individual character moments were good. Not all of them. Like, there are some characters that could have just been completely cut. But, but... yeah, and, but more even than that, it's that, like, it's that disconnect where it's, like, yeah. I have eight people here and they're just acting like, I'm completely alone. Like, what do I do? Like, it's weird. And all of, it feels like this weird disassociation between all of these, like, eight separate stories. Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do with the story. Hopefully, it's not as convoluted as something like Octopath, but I I don't mind there being a little bit more of an overarching story, a la Fire Emblem Three Houses. I really love that story, and I think that's kind of uh, I think it'll be better for it. I think yeah. that's top tier in terms of storytelling in a ta- tactics game to date. Maybe other being something like War Groove. 
probably say Final Fantasy was Tactics. a little bit more silly, not as as serious. So, yeah, I'd I'd love to yeah. see some some more of that top tier storytelling without being too verbose. So we'll see what happens. Nothing beats um, Final Fantasy Tactics. That too. We got a deeper look at Metroid Dread, uh, which is of course dropping October eighth. That game. I was already excited watching the newest trailer. Basically, made it a must play for me. I am yeah. absolutely hell yeah wanting that game in my hands immediately. Yeah, I've been ready for that since they first announced it. Which I couldn't believe it when they announced it. And I know. It, oh yeah, Josh, you and I were here streaming it when God, we were both like little little tiny girls. We were so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it looks so good. Like this is the like I do not have a lot of experience with Metroid to be honest with you. Um. But this game makes me want to actively go out and play a Metroid game. Fire up some Super Metroid on your Switch. Mm-hmm. I will. Yeah. I will in time. Yeah. I, I mean, I do want to. Uh, it's one of those series that I've always wanted to sink time into. I just never prioritize it or find the time to do so. It's kind of like a link to the uh, link to the past when I played it when I had COVID. Um, it's a game that I always wanted to beat. I just never uh, set aside the time to do that. Sure. And, I'll find the time eventually to go back Super to Super Metroid, Metroid Zero Mission, um, Metroid Fusion. Any of those are, are worth the time. Cool. Yeah. When I actually get the time and the inclination, I'll ask you guys which ones are worth my time because I will not remember that right now. I'll remember Super Metroid, but that's about yeah. the only one I'll remember. Okay. So, yeah, just very simple. We're all very, very excited here for that game, and you can fully expect we will be talking about that we'll game. Be- playing it real soon like that is right around the fucking corner. two weeks yeah. yeah actually not even that like 10 days yeah fuck i gotta okay. finish some games yeah yep so this was one of the big surprises um it had been getting rumored and it was finally announced nintendo switch online is getting a new membership plan because the service will be adding n64 and sega genesis games so I want to run through the list really quickly just to kind of give us a refresher. Um, the N64 is getting Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Legend of Zelda, Zelda Ocarina of Time, Winback, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, some anime looking game that I couldn't recognize the name and I was too lazy Sin to look punishment. it up. Or what? is it Eternal Punishment? Maybe. Sin and Punishment is the first one it is in, okay yes yeah, and in punishment maybe that's what it is and it is. they also announced that paper mario and majora's mask are planned for a later date so be on the lookout for those so that's the n64 ones before i get into the sega genesis actually yeah no i'm gonna go i'm gonna go through it all first i changed my mind sega genesis games castlevania bloodlines contra hardcore dr robotnik's mean being machine or otherwise known as puyo puyo in japan echo the dolphin golden axe gunstar heroes musha fantasy star 4 rice star shining force motherfucker yes got so turgid when i saw that shinobi 3 sonic 2 streets of rage 2 and a very underrated game for the sega genesis called strider also, N64 and Sega Genesis wireless controllers were announced for the Switch at $50 a pop. That was the major announcement. There is no official announcement on the price of this new membership plan, but and there will be no changes to the old membership plan as well. So but this you is, will be able to just upgrade from, if you have the existing one, they did say, yeah, you'll be able yes, to just upgrade. Yes, you will be able to upgrade. So, um... 
how do you guys feel about this? I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, this is the I made a post earlier today about this. I was mm-hmm. this is probably the announcement I was the most conflicted about. So I'm kind of curious to get your guys' thoughts. I'm I'm on the positive side personally. I mean, I, I know a lot of people like to talk about the shitty state of Nintendo's like online support and stuff like that, and I get all that. But when I look at why one Nintendo online is cheap as hell, so I get them adding more shit and doing a, a higher price point. Because the way I look at it, this is the stuff I'm paying for. Th- this is why I'm there. And if they're going yeah. to expand that library, then fuck yeah. Like, this retro library is what I'm paying for. That is the part I care about. Yeah, and I think the best part about that, which they mentioned during that, is the online multiplayer versions of Guys, these N64 games. We can finally run all of Star Fox 64 with four people. I don't think exactly. I've ever done that in my entire life. We're going to have to do that. I fucking, I secretly, we can, we, we can force Ray into it. I love that game. Oh, yeah. That's got to happen. Not like, um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to go on a bit of a soapbox moment here. I apologize, but it's got to happen. Yeah, I'll just take my headphones off. Go ahead. Good idea. So when it first was announced, I was super excited because... Um, I never got to play Paper Mario, and actually Rich and I were literally talking about it the day before this was announced, because I was saying, I hope Super Mario RPG is announced as a remaster, or is at least added to the SNES collection, and then he said, well, you just gotta play Paper Mario 1 and 2, and then, lo and behold, it's gonna be dropped on the service. Also, I never finished Majora's Mask, I played it a lot, I never finished it. That's a game I've always wanted to go back and finish. So Good God, I wonder if they'll have the 3DS's better save system in it. I yeah, I part of me hopes. I don't so, know if they'll have that or I not, but it. they did say they were going to have. Oh, there's the normal save, save state stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the, so the, that actually they're going to have save it. states for the N64 and Genesis game. So whether or not they had the better save, yeah, from so 3DS that fixes version, it anyway. Yeah, yeah I yeah. forgot they have those virtual console save states. So okay, mm-hmm. that's fine then. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's cool that they're adding the N64 stuff. I'm really happy. I wish that maybe they would have chosen for the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and even Super Mario 64, they would have chose the 3DS versions. I think that would have been better. Or the DS version for them, depending on which one it is. Yeah. I think that would have been cool. I mean, I mean yeah, we'll, been, we'll see once... That's a different beast. Yeah. It is. It is. That would have been cool. Um, of course... They could you know, me- still do that cool. because... Um, I already own Super Mario 64 well, for the Switch. Well, point being, there are a lot of essentially like Master Quest quest versions of the Super Nintendo games that they put on there. I still have they've... that, the GameCube disc one, I still own that. Yeah, well, but but point being, there are several versions yeah, on, of mas- on of the Master Quest. Yeah, they're, it's essentially the same thing, where they like kind of remix dungeons or, or whatever. It's tweaked versions of Super Nintendo games. So. It's. I don't think it's beyond them. Two. Also, they've really done slightly all... altered versions. Well, they've already done games. that with with Super Nintendo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. on, on the Super what, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what? What? Yeah. What I was saying beyond that is like Ocarina Master Quest and stuff like that exists. So I wouldn't be surprised if down the line you just see with that like yep. that's out now or here's an entirely new remixed version of it we worked on and yes, that'd be cool. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um. Me being the, the main Sega Genesis enthusiast here, I was probably the most excited between the three of us to see all of the Genesis games announced. Uh, of course, Shining Force, my favorite game of all time. 
being brought to the Switch. Just another way to play it. <laughs> I mean, I've played that game so fucking much in so many different ways, and it never gets old for me. But one of the things that I actually think is really cool about this is that I think a lot of people missed the Genesis games and some of the classics on that system. And of course, you know, a lot of people grew up with Nintendo. That's the system, and that's fine. I'm completely okay with that. But there are certain games that are on the Genesis that I feel like a lot of people missed. And there are other people that talk about it. So, for example, Echo the Dolphin is notoriously beautiful and difficult, and it's it's a vibe. It really is. It's an interesting game. And the fact that it's going to be on the service so other people can play it, I can't wait to see just a resurgence of people talking about this game and talking about this game is so fucking hard because people in the 90s were talking about how hard this game was. Echo was cool. Echo is a great game, but people who know know how difficult this game is. So I'm excited to see people talk about that. Um, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine is just, like I said, Puyo Puyo, but it's I love in, Puyo Puyo, so I'm, yeah, it's, I'm always up it's, for that. It's, um, it's in the, the Sonic universe, which is quirky and fun. I like some of the characters you play against. Very cute. Um, one of the games that I really thought was super underrated, uh, especially nowadays, is Strider. Strider is a really fun side-scrolling action platformer game that um, I think obviously got overshadowed by some of the other games in that vein, kind of. Contra, Castlevania, like those kind of games. And there are a bunch of other games that do it, I would say, a little bit better. But Strider was just so interesting. It was one of those games I grew up with, and he goes into this prehistoric land. He goes in this, like, really futuristic uh, neo-noir space looking area it's it's really cool i i want people to experience some of these games rice star is another yeah. speaking speaking game. of strider did you ever play that reboot like no no the one for the ps1 i did not no no it, it was 2014 the, the recent one yeah yeah no no i did not i don't know if it's good or not it's in my steam library but i don't remember never, playing don't remember playing it, it so uh um i may have to try the- that while we're on the Sega stuff, Shay, uh, I, I think what's more interesting for me, and uh, like it'll be cool to have access to the stuff. I think it's a cool partnership thing they've done with Sega. Um, the implication of what might come later is what's more interesting to me. Like the idea of, oh, this might open the yeah. door for like Saturn and Dreamcast stuff on the Switch, and that's real cool. Yeah, because I mean, the Genesis itself yeah. was just out there, and that really kind of opens blows up blows some the doors off there. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I definitely hope that um this partnership can continue to exist because I'd like to see them release some stuff from Game Gear and Saturn and yeah, even Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. Um there were some Shining Force games that came out for Game Gear and Saturn that I've never played to this day just because I never had a Saturn or Game Gear. And uh, I've, yeah. I've yeah, the Game Gear ones. To, to buy consoles just to play one game i've never been that kind of person to yeah. summon the game gear throw uh 20 double a batteries in your trash tonight yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like that's that's the thing like even if you could get a hold of one to play some of these old things how are you gonna find 45 pounds of batteries there to, are actually, to ever get it running I, I owned a game gear as a kid and there were actually like um battery packs that came out later but one yeah. of my most distinct memories of the game gear actually is and this was like the second revision of the Game Gear that my sister and I got when we were kids. So here's the thing they put in. I don't know if this was in the original. That had an AC adapter, so you could just pl- play it plugged into the wall if you wanted yeah. to. And I did a lot of that. Did the first not have that? 
I don't know. It might have. I, I, I honestly don't know. I can't what remember. I had was I'm pretty hard... sure the uh, like the Game Boy even revision. originally did. I think probably, but I know this was like a hardware revision. Was the one mm. I had. It was not the first Game Year. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I... It's been ages since I've played one of those things. Yeah, so I like it, the implication. You're right, Rich. Is very cool. Um, let's hope that more is coming. Um, so I was really excited for those at first. Some of the games I haven't played, having other people experience some of the games that I grew up with that I love, getting to share the love there, and like you said, the implication. All that stuff is really cool. And honestly, I'm not super keen on the N64 controller, but the Sega Genesis controller, I'll probably bite the bullet and buy that just because I'm such a enthusiast for the for that uh, console and that. I gen. hope it still feels like shit. I love the Genesis. I despise the Genesis controller. It's so mushy. It is so mushy. Gross. It feels like it's broken. The oh, the other weird thing with that is the I noticed the version we're getting is only the three button Genesis controller. Whereas if you somehow manage to get a hold of one from Japan, you can get the six button version. You can also just get Bluetooth six button Genesis controllers that will pair with your Switch because they're Bluetooth. Yeah, you could also just do that, which. Hopefully, won't have but they're the mushy... not official Nintendo. Which actually, I think, is a thing that I I would put stock in for the N sixty four one. But uh, eh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like. Mm, I didn't like the N sixty four one enough. The fifty dollar price point is a little steep, I think. Um, and that's like seeing th- seeing that price point made me feel like a little bit gross getting excited for this, just because. I understand that the last few years have really been about nostalgia and companies have realized how marketable our, our nostalgia is like uh, millennials and even some of the early Gen Zers. Um, Nostalgia is such a huge, huge thing. I mean, it is for every generation, of course, but in terms of video games, this is the generation to really, um, you know, start putting that stuff out there. And so part of me feels kind of gross looking at a $50 controller and I already own multiple of those controllers, but this one's wireless and I want it. And the reason why I want it is because of nostalgia and the company knows that. And I know that the company knows that, but I still want to spend the money. And it's, and it's the same thing with the service a little bit. And Rich, you were talking about it a little bit when you first start, when I first uh, opened this particular one up, this topic is that, it bothers me a little bit that the service has not been improved, but they're adding more instead of improving the service that they have. Um, they're improving I, I, the part of it I like. Well, yeah, the part that you like, but there are parts that other people don't like or what people want added. Why is there still no voice chat four years into this, this console on the online play? Why is you didn't not- download the app on your phone? You know what I mean, though. Like, I why can I? Part not? of me wonders oh. if that is coming because they did just add the Bluetooth headset pairing thing recently. Yes, that's and true. They turned them. They flipped a switch. Yeah, exactly. Like it was always well, and from what I'm seeing, it's not even implemented particularly well. But oh, it's pretty bad in terms of lag, as far as I've, I've yes, heard. Yeah. But part of me is thinking maybe they're finally adding this because they have plans of adding that along with this. Some sort of built-in voice chat, and they, you know, 
people are going to be frustrated if they have to use like a, an iPhone headset Fucking for their Discord to just for their that, voice chat. I mean, that's the funnier part is like I, I get that it there should be something there. That's true, but at the same time, I'd just rather use Discord. I want to exist in the world where all of these consoles just have a dedicated Discord app. Frankly, that would work better, but I don't see that. I don't happening. see Nintendo doing that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing, and this is this is less applicable for you than it is for me. I can't convince my Japanese friends to download Discord, an app they most people here don't know about. You know, like my casual friends who have Switches, like, hey, download Discord so we can talk about the game we're playing. So mm. I have to fucking call them online, which is you guys know what line is it's the yes. the talking app it's here. discord yeah it's yeah it's it's a form of discord um here kind of but not centered towards gaming and it's a little bit more social media but anyways to just be able to talk with people about what we're doing on a game when if they just had a basic serviceable chat option on their online service that would solve my like I granted, I'm in maybe I'm in the minority here with that kind of problem, but there are other people out there who are having this problem, who have this concern. They want a a way to talk to their friends through the online service on the Switch, and it doesn't exist, and it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's no, bizarre it is, to me. We're four yeah. years in, and it doesn't exist. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, especially to me, it's kind of unacceptable. Microf- There's a built-in microphone, isn't there? Or am I forgetting something? I, you're probably right. I don't know for sure, but you're probably right. Yeah, I don't, I'd have to look at it again. Anyway. It's, yeah, it's just bizarre. And then on top of that, um, I, some people commented, you know, otherwise I've had issues with online play in not every game I've played, but in multiple games, um, Pokemon Unite was one that, and Josh, you can attest to this. I know you can where there were there was noticeable lag in that game and um yeah. just the, granted this is less on Nintendo than uh Tencent but just sometimes the issues in that game yeah there were some were pretty bad and part of that does have to do with Nintendo's online service not being some of it's some of it's optimal. that it's it's not the most robust thing but also they've managed to get a hell of a lot out of it just through excellent netcode Yes. When they try, like Splatoon two, worked wonderfully. I had zero problems with the netcode on that is just spot on. Whereas other games they've done, not so much. Yeah, Um, like I've I've had issues playing Smash online multiple times, it being laggy with multiple friends. mm -hmm. Trying to Smash, bro. Yeah, I think a fighting game does. Frankly, I've had issues with fighting games on every console. Fighting but, game, you need some pitch perfect stuff. Yeah, but, but we're talking about Smash. But Smash definitely game. has more problems than its share. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wish that they, honestly, that would to me seems like it needs to be more of the priority than adding all all these new games. But at the same time. A, why can't they work on both? And who knows, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But I wish they would have announced that they're working on both simultaneously. And B, clearly this is going to make them more money, this nostalgia grab, and yeah. it's going to work. And not enough... I, I, I'm happy people are happy. I really am. And I, I am excited too. But we also need to acknowledge the other kind of gross side of it is that this is preying on our nostalgia and 
it's going to continue to happen as long sure. as people get that excited. You know, I'm, I mean, like, I mean, you look at Kotor being dropped, you could say that's a cash grab at nostalgia. This is another cash grab at nostalgia. Half of these announcements um, are kind of a no, I wouldn't say half. I'd say about a third because we're going to talk about some announcements here in a minute that are also kind of on that whole nostalgia cash grab. It's it's making a lot of money right now. And it kind of bothers me. I mean, granted, you know? yeah, but I mean, I, I think it bothers me less because I know where to draw the line But wasn't it nicer before the world things. was on fire? When was that? <laughs> um, I mean, I've heard tell. I don't, I didn't never live seen in it. those times, but. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy those controllers because, and that's just one thing that doesn't affect me. Like, I see that and I'm like, why would you want to play the, those games uncomfortably? I mean, yeah. Like, it's, especially it's on the too, Sega one. On two bad controllers. You guys better stop the talking shit on the Sega controller. Such shit. I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you guys. You know, with the those funniest controls. thing I'm about gonna buy that. two of them and I'm gonna write your name on each one of them. And mm. while you guys are sleeping, I'm gonna come in like uh, William Wallace and Braveheart and just beat the fuck out of your guys. All that's gonna happen is you're gonna break the cheap plastic your Genesis controllers are made of. Mm. Well, then you're gonna feel foolish because you're gonna have parts and you're gonna have a bruise on your face and your ego. Mm. We'll finally figure out what's making yeah, that we're, rattling we're, we're, on we're the inside. A, we're gonna have a really <laughs> strange bruise with half of the so Sega logo. You're going to have the letter A imprinted into the middle of your forehead. Yep. That would be amazing. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I don't I don't lean one way or the other. Like, I'm ex equally parts excited and I also feel gross about it. And I, I mean, wish that I would fix their online service. Yeah, kind of kind of like Rich was saying, I'm hoping they do fix those controllers because both of them had issues. Um. Yeah. Well, they clearly didn't fix the problem with the N64 controller and that it wasn't made for human hands. Yeah, I mean, part of me thought that, like, you could honestly add a D-pad to that center handle and add an extra button, and then you've got everything that's on the left half of it. And yeah. you, could, you could very easily just have the button configuration and just make it comfortable. I mean, but, but, but Josh, I, the problem is I need to spend $100 because I need to buy two of them because what if they add uh, GoldenEye and then I can't play it with the perfect control scheme of mm. a controller in each hand? Yeah, yeah, there's always that. Although, actually, playing, playing, uh, it's not exactly the same, but you can still switch to the left side and play it uh, with, a, with a thumbstick. On your on sounds, your camera sounds gross, and then just basically the D pad to move. Which oh, no one actually played it with the. Yeah. Uh, if someone actually played it with the two N sixty four controllers, like, what are you doing? Yep. Who knows? Who knows? But let's move on from that. If you're excited, you're excited. If you're not, I understand. I get both sides of it. Um, Shadowrun Trilogy and the Castlevania Advance Collection both were released the day of the Direct. Rich, I know you were really excited for that um, oft-rumored Castlevania Advance Collection. You got it. I did, yeah. I, bu wanted. I bought that immediately. I know. Um, it's nice I mean. to finally see what Circle of the Moon looks like. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they added that too, didn't they? Well, No, I, I just like to talk about that one because Circle of the Moon is one of my favorite uh, GBA uh, Castlevania games, but it often gets the short stick because it was a launch game, mm. and until uh, like we had proper backlighting, yep. that game is too dark. Like it was unplayable outside on a launch GBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, those screens are already dark as it is. 
Like once you could play that on an SP, like it was fucking great. But uh, that's an underrated Castlevania game. Real good one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was talking about. It, like this news also cir- circles back to the whole nostalgia thing. And also this other announcement, Ax- Razor Renaissance got a remake slash remaster kind of deal. And it was dropped for the Switch also the day of the... Um, the direct and i know that online people have been very conflicted about this remake some people love it some people do not i've heard mostly good things from people i know who are playing it that like Same. seems to have me wanting to check it out because actor is a cool game and it seems like they, they did a pretty good job here hmm yeah i mean like to be honest with you i never got to play um act so I'm considering picking it up so I can experience it. Actraiser's real cool. I mean, even if you don't do that, like even ch- you know playing the original is worth your time. Like that, those that's a cool game. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out when I have more time, which will be never. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not because dead. I don't want to play it, but just literally never feels like I have free time. Yeah, exactly. Delta Rune Chapter Two was dropped for the Switch for free. Um, the day of the direct as well it kind of looks like i don't know a little bit in vain of uh, what's that super famous game that everybody loves oh no are we gonna have a moment here i think we're about to have a moment we're gonna have a moment here are you gonna say undertale I was gonna say Undertale. You you realize that this is are you doing this is a bit this he's shit posting us on our own show I'm doing a bit. <laughs> oh, God, I thought we were gonna. I thought I was gonna have to get up and walk around for a minute. Um, I, I have. I haven't gotten to this yet, but I've heard very good things about uh, Chapter oh, Two. Oh yeah, yeah, but it looks been great. Quite a while since great. I played Chapter I am, One. I've I've also not started it yet, but like Toby Fox was already writing some great music, and yeah. then he also had Lena Rain help for this chapter soundtrack. <laughs> And I cannot fucking wait. But by, by the way, I do really that. like uh, that Toby Fox kind of came out and was like, "Hey, Chapter Two is going to be free. It's been a pretty rough year, you guys." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, good guy, Toby Fox. Yeah, what a nice guy. Yeah, I, like the original plan, or at least what it looked like, was that Chapter One was going to be the only free one, and then the rest is going to be paid. But which is it's like a shareware formula which like i think that's a good formula because like hey you can get yeah. a taste and then you know if you like it and you want to see where it goes then pay for it i think that's a cool model for indie devs to do yeah um, exactly exactly and i think it's really cool kind of like you said that after this fucking year he's like eh, we're gonna give you one more he's free like, chapter he's like we all need a win you guys here yeah. you go <laughs> mm-hmm. yep 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 it looks cool and it's free and it's uh, it looks similar to that one game. Right? Oh Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! I can't do this today, man. It's been a long, it's been a long fucking day. Uh, That's the most I've got Josh to laugh in a while, so I'm saving. Oh, uh, it's funny. Uh, like <laughs> I literally thought I was gonna have like I'm a good to just fucking post. pace for a minute. Like, oh, uh, uh-huh. you gotta I go on Reddit and do that. Be like, hey, anybody checked out this uh, this Delta Rune thing? It kind of reminds me of that one game. <laughs> He's totally <laughs> ripping off Undertale. <laughs> fucking loser. What a uh, fucking loser. I mean, come on, man. Have an original idea. Who is this Tabby Fix guy? Why is he ripping off Toby <laughs> Fox? Um, Shigeru Miyamoto came out 
unexpectedly and announced that the Super oh Mario movie from Illumination has a December 21st, 2022 release date. Speaking of shit posting. Now, oh the voices are... Oh, and I Jesus want you. Christ. Actually, this is what we're going to do. Shay, before you say, before you say, no, no, I, no, 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 I'm not, no, no, okay. I'm not going to voice okay. who any of them are. Okay. Before you okay. say, can I just say, there's a lot of people on the internet really mad about this. I think this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, like, I here's what I want us to do. Like, I want us to recapture to the best of our ability our initial impressions or our current impressions it doesn't matter either or that meme i sent you uh, of each voice actor or actress announced because i'm uh, yeah i'll i'll save my thoughts for the overall but like as i announce each one no words just a voice like a a non worded response to this can it be a laugh sense so for example chris pratt was announced to be mario your reaction (laughs) my reaction was huh okay anya taylor joy as peach i don't have much of like that's fine (laughs) no like i did i had no strong feelings about who they're gonna have voicing peach the idea of her being peach is not laughable I was like, oh, okay. I re- yeah, I really liked her on Queen's Gambit. Charlie yeah. Day as Luigi. I absolutely love Charlie Day. It sounds like the exact same reaction to Chris as Pratt, pr- but I, I, I legitimately love that casting. That's hilarious to me. I was like, yes! Bowser, what's your spaghetti policy here? Yeah, the the miss was having Charlie Day be Luigi and not not having um oh fuck my brain just Danny DeVito be Mario. Danny DeVito be Mario. No, see that leads us into my pitch, which is still Danny DeVito as Wario and Glenn Howerton as Waluigi. Okay. That would have been great. Um let's go to the next one. Jack Black as Bowser. Mario, let's sing a song together. <laughs> Mario! My, mine was, uh... Kyle Gass oh. is Bowser Jr. Mine was, okay. Like, sure. Fucking sure. Yeah. I love Jack Black. I don't imagine him as Bowser, but okay. I'm gonna shoot he, a fireball! <laughs> <laughs> With karate, I'll kick Mario's ass. Um, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. I nearly fell on the fucking floor laughing at this one. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that at all. I, I, I mean, love they, Keegan they Michael both Key. Have a bald head. I, I love Keegan Michael Key. This makes no fucking sense. Agreed. I, I, uh, I can't imagine the audition that happened for, like, Mario as Princess a ten- in it, another it, castle. Like,. It, Ha. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my, mine was Mario, you said bitch though? I was like, "Ah." At this point that's... I was just resigned though. I was like, "Fuck it, who cares?" <laughs> yeah, at this point you're like, "Okay, they're just throwing shit against the wall." This one. This Seth is the Rogen one as Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> hey Mario, you want to you want to hey, what's in that what's in that barrel, life. Mario? <laughs> what's in that barrel? <laughs> <laughs> it's weed. <laughs> 
James Franco as Diddy Kong. This one probably made the least amount of sense to me, actually, even more so than Chris Pratt as Mario. I was like, I I like Seth Rogen, but what the fuck? Yeah, I've literally, I think Seth Rogen is a cool guy who seems like genuine, but this is baffling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. And then, um, of course, as you guys alluded to earlier, Charles Martinet, or Martinet, excuse me, Martinet. has some cameo voices that have not yeah. been announced. You didn't say the most important one, though. The most inspired casting. Go ahead. Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. That one I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah no. That <laughs> That's going to be great. As, you know, a Long Island native, uh, we celebrate Armisen's day. That's just a day for Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> and a lot of people will forget about it. You, leave no, your tr- I... you pull your trash cans back inside. Mm. It's Armisen's day. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting cast. I know a lot of people were like, what the fuck? I'm actually, I'm still excited. There are some really good names uh, attached to this project. I'm, I think it has potential to be as bad good, or however you want to word that, as Cats. Um, the movie. So we will or, definitely be doing a chomping after dark for it. Is what yeah, we're saying. dude, like, you know it. Yeah, honestly, I mean, this is kind of Illumination's bag by just casting only celebrities. So everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, I know that guy," and then they don't actually make a movie to go with all that casting. But they're yeah. But also, the thing I'm more concerned about is like I don't want anyone crying to me when Chris Pratt is voicing Mario in a video game which is not what anyone deserves. Fucking Christ. If I have to play a Donkey Kong Country game where Seth Rogen is DK, I don't know what I'll do. If either of those happen, that will be the one time I condone review bombing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That will be the one and only time. No, I'm just kidding. But um... like the idea of DK speaking in full sentences is going to be jarring enough. But if Seth Rogen's voice is coming out of his mouth, I'm going to be, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Confusing to say the least, but there we have it. The cast of the movie, you know, it'd be the best dropping holiday season next year. You know, it would be the best is if there aren't full sentences on this and it's literally just like little making the noises. Yeah. Yeah. They're making the noises just like in the games, but they got celebrities to do the little noises and then it's text boxes. Featuring Michael Sarah as Yoshi. Mm-hmm. Jeez, Mario, that, that gap seems seems pretty big. I don't know if we're gonna make it. What are you what what are you what are you doing? <laughs> that would have been better. Just saying. I don't know, Mario. Maybe get some fruit for me. Why didn't we get Gary Busey as Donkey Kong? Ah, I got barrels! <laughs> that guy's just a wild card. He is the wild card, but all right, let's move on. We got a few more announcements. Um, Splatoon 3 was already announced, but we got to see some gameplay footage. Finally, some, some more gameplay footage, I should say. And then the title Return of the Mammalians was revealed. So Splatoon 3, Return of the Mammalians. They got How do you guys feel about it? I'm still stoked for more Splatoon. Um... What I, and Josh and I had, had talked about this back when it was announced. Like a lot of the stuff they're showing off still seems like they might be leaning 
a bit more into a lot of that single player platforming stuff they've done in those games in the past, which mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is really good and really underrated. So I'm hoping they, they put it a little bit more on display here. Yeah. 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 No, everything they showed off looks great. They didn't mention it, but they showed off a lot of new weapons um, mm-hmm. that looked really fun to use. Like, they had, a, they had a hook shot and essentially like a little wrecking ball looking tank thing. Unique looking stuff, yeah. Yeah, like fun stuff. Some some fun looking tweaks to that formula and the, the thing was already fun to begin with. Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be fun and interesting to see it. Maybe this will be the game that I finally hop into for the Splatoon franchise because I've always wanted to try it, just never felt that inspired to go out and spend the money to play it. So maybe this one will be it for me. But um, I forgot one announcement. I just remembered there was... <laughs> I don't know why. This was probably the most laughable thing, actually, at this whole entire Direct. Are you sure uh, we just covered get- the movie? Well, actually, more so than that. They did not announce the final Smash character. Instead, they announced that there's going to be a direct for the final Smash character announcement in all of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate or whatever you fuck you I call mean, it. I they've I, done that before. That's not that laughable to me. They've done that to before. me. It is. It's like it's a it's a thirty second announcement to a minute at best. You show a trailer like they showed when some of the other characters were announced. This character is going to be in the game. Buy the pack for this amount of money. That's well, no, Sakurai gets into do. the to the kit usually and shows it off. Like, he plays around with it. and sh- Like, uh, again, they've, they've done like this before. 10 to 15 minute announcements while they kind of show off everything for the other and ones. And also, this is the last one, so they're going to make a big deal out of it. If it was like three or five characters, sure. The fact that it's one character and they announced a, dir- a direct at the direct just made me groan. But this isn't the first time they've literally done that. I know. I know that, but this is the first time I've paid attention to that, and it's it made me laugh. I was like, Jesus Christ, just fucking announce the character. Harder than Chris Pratt is Mario? I thought it was just stupid. I was like, just fucking You guys heard about airline food? What's the deal with airline food? You know, it just seems like over the years, uh, it's gotten smaller. But no, Chris I, Pratt's gonna be Mario? Cast Chris Pratt as Mario, Jerry. Chris Pratt can't be Mario. He doesn't have the range for that. I guess he really is the Star Lord after all. What do you mean Seth Rogen's gonna be Donkey Kong? Alright. So, uh. I'd last, watch that Seinfeld episode. I would too, actually. The last <laughs> announcement. After four years of it being announced and not seeing anything on it, Bayonetta 3 was shown off for the first time uh that was the big closer announcement and then a mysterious character closed the trailer that looked fairly similar to dante from the dante series maybe it's not that character i don't know but that game was shown off josh i know you love bayonetta curious to hear your thoughts on this the new outfit i don't know know. it's hard to tell my guess is just alternate universe Gene because it seems like this is the alternate universe Bayonetta from from two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that'd, that'd be my guess. From, but the the police mascot from Astral Chain was there. And yeah, that I, was weird. Kind of showed up there. You I mean, played Astral Chain too, right, Josh? I fucking loved Astral Chain. I've not gotten around to it yet. I just bought it. It's real good. Yeah. I need I need to play that, but there's too much else to play still. Yeah. But 
Yeah. But how do you how'd you feel about this this trailer? Like, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about it. Um, frankly, a lot of the setup at the beginning was really dull, but then the conceit of Bayonetta, but with kaiju, I yeah, I'm, I'm cool. down I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, I one of the things like I I mirrored your initial sen- sentiments. I was like, what kind of game are they showing off here? I had no idea it was a Bayonetta game at all. Mm-hmm. Um. I was like, a military game on the Switch by Nintendo? I, I really don't know what I'm watching here. And then, of course, mm-hmm. they show off Bayonetta. And um, the chat that I was in was blowing up, of course, when that happens. I, I didn't think it looked that good. I mean, like, as, as a fidelity standpoint. Maybe it's because my connection was lagging. Well, no, it was, it was very gray. Like, especially the beginning where they're showing off, you know, like a city during war type thing yeah yeah once they got into the some of the later clips with i like think that was purposeful misdirection stuff though. like it it looked mm. a lot better but yeah it was That's super true. gray at the beginning i'm just like this is just it, it was so dull looking that it really it took a while to rebound even even after you knew where it was going yeah i wasn't sure if it was my connection when i was watching it or if it was um just the trailer in general but it looked like it did not look like a switch game on the trailer maybe that was probably my connection but it possibly it it doesn't make sense to me because the first two look great so i can't imagine that with more horsepower they couldn't make it look yeah and those switch ports really good great yeah yeah i i figured it was just my connection and you're right the the latter half of the trailer did look a lot better so and I do um, think that first half was pure misdirection, like that, like gray color palette, and like, oh, some war game, and then just mm-hmm. nope, fuck you, it's Bayonetta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, it looks fun. I mean, the kaiju aspect of it, I was not expecting, and that looks fun as well. So mm-hmm. I'm not like super eager, but it looked cool, and I'm happy for the fans of Bayonetta that they're gonna finally, hopefully, get this game soon. It's supposed to be released next year, I believe. Think it? I can't remember if it had a date. I don't Test remember honestly. Not. I feel like it would said next year, but I'm not. I I would not put any stock in stock that. in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's a 2022 release date. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So next year sometime. As but I would imagine it probably gets delayed as a lot a lot of things are right now and reasonably so. So. That's the uh, Nintendo Direct as a whole. How did you guys feel about it as a whole? I thought it was a very strong Direct. I was very pleased with most of the announcements, even though there's a lot of nostalgia thrown in there. There was some interesting uh, announcements. Overall, I thought it was a pretty strong uh, strong Direct. I would probably say it's about a 7.5 out of 10 for me. What the fuck was that? Uh, No, I thought it was was a good one. It was fun. Especially that like hilarious joke about Chris Pratt being Mario. Good one, Miyamoto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to the real casting. And yeah, once they get that out there, yeah, once, be once great. they fix Sonic's teeth or whatever, <laughs> whatever it's they gotta do. <laughs> once they get pipe. Once they get Mario to stop killing homeless people at night. <laughs> Mario's and Donkey Kong's pipe. If uh, Seth Rogen oh. continues to be the voice on that. Uh, 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 uh. I can't do a Seth Rogen laugh. Who can? Seth Rogen. I mean, otherwise, uh, other than him, I mean. But anyways, um, how did you guys feel about it? The con- it's good. Like the- what would yeah. you give it as a score, if you're just for fun, Rich? 
I'm not even allowed to give scores to the games on the website. I wouldn't. So I wouldn't just give it one. for fun. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, just a one time. Skip it. Now, um, I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, four point four. No, I, I don't fucking know. I hate doing this. I don't like an just eight. This, thank you. That's all I ask. Just the one time. Just the one time. You know this point five bullshit. Fine, I'll do a seven. Jesus, you bully. I just bullied five. you, though, so. If you're going to use the points, you may as well use all of them. Okay, yeah. fine. 7.23699732. Whoa, 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 Repeating. whoa, whoa. No one said you get hundredths or thousandths. You, you little said- bitch. <laughs> then I'm back to 7.5. There you go. All right. Josh, how'd you feel about the, com- or the direct? Um... It was pretty solid. It was uh, like a good variety of stuff that they had there. They're like kind of, again, you know, leaning into the remakes and whatnot and, you know, old stuff. But that's everything at this point. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, other than that, they still showed off a lot of new stuff that was that was worth showing up for um i'm not as sold on kirby yet just what with what they showed us it looked a little bit plain but we'll see once we get it because again it's this is kind of new territory for kirby um it's, it's gonna be hard to hard to judge based off of that little um yeah that's fair that's fair if you were to give it a score, the 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 direct as a whole, what would you give it? Hmm. Where's this going? Nowhere. Let's see. Do 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 do. I'd probably give it like E out of pi. Seven Seth Rogans out of ten. Okay. So I'm just going to say Josh is also at a seven and we'll leave it there. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll just water down your score for us uh, plebs. But um, yeah, there you go. That's, that's the N- N- Nintendo direct September, 2021 in a nutshell, we're going to go on break uh, recharge really quick. And we're going to come back with all of the games and a special announcement. You don't want to miss it. Something new is coming. And it's not Rich's penis. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Can't, can't believe you'd bring up my penis like that. X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. New magic store.sawjump.com. You there, boy. What news? News, sir! New graphic designs over at store.swordchomp.com! New graphic designs at store.swordchomp.com. That's right, sir! My god! You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases! They've done it. Those Swordchomp boys have brought Christmas early. Oi, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet if you navigate over to store 
on swordjump.com right now. God bless you, son. God bless us, everyone! We are back from our break. Uh, it was a great break, but we have games to talk about now. We will not deprive you any longer. Rich and Josh played more Deathloop. I believe they finished it at this point. Is that correct? No, no, no. I'm not even wrong. Close. I'm talking out of my ass, but they want to talk about more Deathloop. So I'm going to pass it over to them. Take it away. Uh, sure. Uh, I've played a bunch of it. I've definitely played enough to like fully understand the structure here and kind of clear up some of the stuff we were uncertain of last time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I want to say, Josh, I think we were like both unclear on the setting of the time loop. And we talked about last time how like everybody knows they're in a time loop, but it's unclear who remembers what. Yes. And through a lot of the dialogue and stuff, I think they, they lay out pretty clearly almost immediately, but you got to like know where to listen for it. Colt and Juliana, the two assassins, are the only people who remember anything. Like, something has gone wrong, and they've been reliving... Like, everybody was supposed to remember everything. It was supposed to be this immortal yeah. bliss. Yeah, I kind of... But I, it, yeah. the first day just keeps resetting. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mentioned that before, that like a lot of the world building, it seems like people were supposed to be able to, but they hadn't explained But something's gone wrong. happened, why so many people can't. Yeah. So... Um, kinda... Like Juliana kind of offhandedly mentions at some point that like they've been at this for like 57 years and her and Colt are the only ones who are remembering anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I put a lot more time into it in the I, I feel kind of comfortable in like my movesets and stuff um, yeah. in terms of what powers and weapons and everything I'm using and I'm building towards the end game like things are starting to come together. Um, are, are you feeling comfortable in your gameplay loop? Like, I know what slabs, which the slabs are sort of the powers and stuff you get off the visionaries. Yeah. Um, I, I'm comfortable with, like, my skill set at this point. I don't, I don't know how much time you've put in. I've not put a lot more time into it. I'm honestly not sure if I'm going to finish it. I'm, I don't think this is as good as Prey. Um, oh, I think it's in the time I've put into it. A lot of people are it. saying Moon Crash is better, but I, I, I'm liking this a lot more. Like... I don't know. Like, I think it's good. I think, I think you should turn off the PvP aspect of it until you get to the end game because it doesn't seem like there's any fucking matchmaking. And the few times I've had it on, I'll be like right at the beginning, and somebody will just come, you know, like come into the the level with me who has ridiculously stronger stats. Then it's I funny do, you like, say that. I'll well, headshot them gear. two or three times, and then they'll just walk up to me and kill me. Well, that's their build. I mean, there's not real yeah. stats. Like, there's there's kind of a meta now at this point, and it's funny you mention that, because I was going to say, you should probably turn off invasions if you want to make any story progress. Like, I spent a lot of time just messing around with the invasions at this point, and it's just becoming fun, like, to get ready to defend, yeah. or to go in as Juliana and hunt. Um, there's, honestly, if, if you... Set yourself up in the right way. There's a lot stacked against Juliana, mainly the fact that you can respawn and she can't. And yes, um, but yeah, no, what you're saying is valid. Like, if you really want to make good story progress, you should probably just turn invasion off. Yeah, I think at least until late game, because like, honestly, like the fucking one that got me was literally the first mission where they allow you to turn it on. 
it automatically turns on and doesn't tell you. Mm. So I'm going through there just doing my the fucking tutorial and you don't even get to the point where you get progression. Like you still haven't unlocked the fucking progression of the game and then it turns on the invasions. At that point, I was only getting, uh, like, NPC invasion. Like, I didn't have that problem. Yeah, literally the first time... And the AI is not great. No, the AI is a joke. But, like, literally, as soon as the tutorial ends, like, I had to, like, restart my day. I'm like, why? What what the fuck was the point of this? Like, they should at least let you get the progression started. Because it's like... Learn about infusing and all of that. Yeah, Yeah. like, like, they turn it on at the wrong time. Um, Sure. But regardless, um, like, I think, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like more, it's like more like it's tuned for end game. Like you have to know what's going on first. Cause otherwise like it's, it's, it is not balanced if you don't know what's going on whatsoever. You can um, really tip it in your favors though. Once you, you have an understanding of it, it's not yeah. hard to do, but I, I'm just, genuinely enjoying the hell out of it but the, the, what i was curious about is um like you said you hadn't put too much time into it more did you unlock the the nexus slab nexus i don't think i've found that one yet uh because my my currently my favorite build is you have the respawn like that's your default that's cult slab but um yeah i've been using blink which is identical to dishonored's blink and then i've been using nexus with the idea of nexus is it's a throwable um that you use to link people together so like what you do to one yeah will yeah, happen yeah. to the others and honestly, that's how I fuck Juliana up a lot, is I'll toss Nexus into a crowd near her, and then I'll just melee kill a regular enemy, and it will take her out. Yeah. Um, Nexus is just a really fun toy, uh, much in the same shape of, like, um, yeah. Alexis Dorsey's slab is Carnesis. Yeah, that would that... Which... Wasn't that in Prey? I'm pretty sure there was an ability that... Or was it's that been so long since I've played Prey I can't remember. or Dishonored. I know Dishonored. there's an ability it's that does possible. the exact same thing. I can't remember which game it's in. I though. think it's Dishonored. I it, think it's, it's Dishonored, probably Dishonored. But it, I think in Dishonored, it's limited to linking two people. I th- Nexus yeah, I think is. I think not. you link two and can upgrade it to three. Nexus does not appear to have a limit. Um, you like, it's on a cooldown, meaning it only lasts for a few seconds once you launch it. Mm-hmm. But you can take out like a mob with it, which is really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, you know, I played around with Ether, which is the invisibility one. There's um Carnesis, which is basically like a telekinesis type like wall slam. Yeah. Uh which is kind of good for getting a whole handle on the visionaries, but I just wish it were more powerful so I don't find it that useful in the end of it. But I'm really digging this game. I mean, it's got a, a loop to it <laughs> uh that I'm enjoying and I'm digging learning more about the world and I can see the end game sort of coming into shape here. Yeah, yeah. No, I like I think it's I, I still think it's solid. I don't think it's bad, but like I'm honestly just not enjoying it as much as their other games. Um, sure. The more I've gotten into it, like for me, it's fixed a lot of my issues with arcane stuff, which is it, like the anxiety they breed in me. Which is yeah, I love Dishonored, but I hate it when a game makes me feel bad about playing it wrong. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that I think this gets infinitely better than the others because yeah, um, like. <sighs> their fucking garbage story progression tied to having fun with the game like yeah. cuz they're always you will play this as a stealth game unless you want the worst of the possible endings um 
which this is not that. My understanding is yeah. the the endings are not tied to any of that. Like they they aren't affected by any of that shit. It's mm-hmm. the difference is like I try and approach stuff as stealth in Deathloop plenty of times, but unlike Dishonored, like when shit goes wrong, it's easier to just roll with it. Be like, I'm gonna whip out this yeah. fucking minigun and just go to town on these guys now. Exactly, and I think that works so much better. But I kind of feel like uh, they lost a decent amount in the process of of changing to that. Sure. Um, I don't know. Like, I felt like stuff was really lethal at the beginning. Like, because you know, you can kill things really easily. They can kill you really easily. And kind of the more it's gone on, I just feel like nothing's threatening much at all. Um, It's funny that sometimes feels like the case, but like, I think that's where the allure of the Juliana thing comes in mm -hmm. and how you said, like, it feels like too much. If you like, I was paying attention to the Reddit and there really is like a meta at this point. So like a big part of the Juliana builds right now that people are using is those poison gas bullets that leave a cloud of poison gas when you fire. Mm -hmm. So as a counter to that, like, the proper cult defense build is there are trinkets that make poison gas heal you instead of hurt you. Mm. So that's the way people are building out. Like, there, And it, it's cool to see that give and take in it and also just watch the environmental change in this map. Like, a lot of the higher trophies I'm just popping randomly. Like, last night, I think it was because I was on Complex at the end of the night, which the build for Complex, which is one of the four areas, on the during nighttime, everyone's at Alexis's party, I think. Yeah. So there's complex is riddled with traps, but there's almost no NPCs there. So yeah. I got a trophy for uh, finishing a day killing everyone on the map because there were only like five um, people on the complex map. Yeah, I think I got that really early on just because I'm me too. For the first, I visited complex at night, and the only people there are whichever visionary is there, and mm-hmm. there's like he has like two guards. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm I'm torn on it because I feel like they fixed a lot of problems, but then also I feel like you kind of lost a decent amount of charm that some of those things had to them. Like I don't know. Like I, I'm just I think I, that's fair, but this charms my pants off. I think the mm-hmm. the writing is so good. Like oh, back the, and forth yeah. between Juliana and Colt is amazing. Yeah, um, the the dialogue in this is absolutely top-notch. Um I don't know. Like I'm I'm just I get this way with a lot of their games. Like there's you get through the intro and then it's just kind of a slog for a couple hours and then the game fixes its shit. Um, and I feel like I'm kind of in that low spot again that most of their games have. Um, sure. So I, I don't know. It's probably just a matter of pushing through it, but like I'm at that point. I'm at the point where all the arcane games get bad. That's fair. And I think, I think that point is there. And I think I pushed past it relatively early is the difference. Where I was like, okay, I found the sweet spot. I know what I like, and I know how I like playing this. Mm-hmm. And now I can just kind of ride that out, explore these environments, read these texts. Like, immersive sims take this weird level of commitment, and much in the same way, like, the original Bioshock had me, this now has me. Yeah. Cool. Um, next week, do you guys think you'll have it finished by then? More than likely. Uh, I'm trying to gun to the finish line, because I do want to get a review up for this one. Um, cause I, I have a lot of thoughts, so ho- hopefully by next week I will be able to put a bow on, uh, Deathloop, but I think I still might, uh, mess around with playing as Juliana a little bit after that and just maybe fuck up some people's days. Mm-hmm. I like fucking up people's days in video games, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. <laughs> cool. Well, more Deathloop talk. There you go. Tales of Arise. Rich got into it this week. I played a little bit more. 
I had intended on playing more, got distracted by another game, which I will talk about a little bit later, but I definitely got a decent ways more into this game than from last week. How far did you get, Rich? Um, uh, if, to I'm in talk. the second district. I have the first three party members. I, got, I just got our mage. Mm. Um, so I put a decent chunk of time into it. Uh, We're about in the same area then. Okay, cool. I mean, I, I know you're you're relatively new to Tales games. I've played a ton of them, and what my impressions coming out the other end are like, this is a really good Tales game. Uh, yeah. Combat feels tight. I think characters are, are fun. The world is... I didn't really know much about what this world was going into this game. There's uh, there's some interesting ideas here, and and you sort of alluded to this last week, but I didn't realize quite how much the setup for it is just literally Japan anime, the man in the iron mask. I yeah, I did. I was trying to be as vague as I could about that, like while also giving some details. But yes, very much Japanese man in the iron mask. Um, my favorite funny accessory thing to do is because in like a lot of Tales games, you can get a lot of different costumes and accessories is uh, once our main character breaks his iron mask pretty early in the game, and part of it is still on his head covering his right eye, or his left eye, rather, I put on the eye patch on the right eye, yeah. uh, because it's hilarious that they let you do that. It'd be like, now Alfin is blind. It actually, I believe it is on his right eye, the, the mask. Yeah, but there, then can... there's the left eye eye patch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's amazing. So basically, <laughs> yeah kind of screwed but he just looks no, like an I, idiot. yeah I, I i love that yeah finding the owls too you you get a kick out of the first owl I that you heard i don't think they're Ooh. quite as sexual as you made them out to be um the first the first the girl one are we finding out definitely. right now that shay just has an owl thing and this was i think so man totally a mis misunderstanding um, Maybe i i wasn't the one who originally pointed this out i told you guys this last week somebody else pointed it out i think they just want to fuck owls <laughs> Join the club. Samesies, honestly. Mm-hmm. They're so wise. Right? Yeah. They can turn uh, their head 360 degrees. But yeah, no, they're kind of Helps funny. for that corkscrew dick I've got. Exactly. That's a duck, <laughs> That's a duck Josh. That's a lot of birds. Um, it's funny, though, because now I find myself like looking for those owls because I want to see what the dumb cosmetic option I'm going to get from finding them is. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how are you liking the combat as compared to the other Tales games? Because I know it's a little bit different. Um, it's good. I mean, I started messing around with playing as the other characters a little bit more just to get a feel because they obviously have more of a unique uh, vibe to how they play. But playing as the protagonist, Alfin feels good. Like his comboing works. You got to mess around with a little bit with the abilities you actually like to get like proper airtime and juggle. But right. It's easy to pick up and then about as complicated as you want to make it. Like, I feel like if you're if you don't want to overcomplicate it, you could definitely just grind and brute force your way through this game. Mm. that's certainly an option right but uh it's engaging it's fun i don't i wouldn't mind grinding because i I find the combat pretty enjoyable yeah exactly um the the combat is a lot of fun it's it seems more like i said last week more simplistic than the other tales games as well to some degree is that more so in yeah i would say so in terms of like the depth of switching to other party members and stuff it's it's a lot more simplistic um but I, I still think it does plenty with what it's doing. Uh, yeah. Early tip for you as a newcomer to Tail Shay, uh, you're going to want to sell a lot of stuff, but hang on to your weapons because there's typically always a upgraded version of every weapon later in the game that requires the original as part of the recipe. 
Mm. Um, so if you want to get any of those later, you'll end up spending more money to craft twice. Okay, so don't sell weapons. Yeah, that's my tip to you. Okay. Yeah, I haven't sold any so far, and usually I try not to sell um, weapons anyways, because you never know um, how they're going to come into effect later on, you know? Sure. So. Cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I've, I've gotten about the same place you have, and I have to mention that one of the funniest things in a video game that I can remember in some time was when you finally hit the uh the uh the title screen I could not fucking stop laughing because basically how it works is I mean it's in the early parts of the game it takes a really long time to get to that title screen for some reason like a lot of RPGs do that yeah they do it's like, it's like first... an epilogue sort of thing really is the way yeah, they frame prologue. it prologue is it's like the first 6 or 7 prologue, hours right. it takes to get into that Maybe not quite that long, but anyways, so you're, you're going to fight the first Lord, um, you as the man in the iron mask or Alfin is his name with, um, Oh, what's her name? I know. The- I feel bad. I didn't bring it up. Cause I literally could not remember her name. It's something. Eon. Shion. 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 Yeah, it is Shion. Got it. Um, saying it out loud helped. But anyways, you and her defeat the first Lord in this fiery furnace ridden land. and then. As you're defeating the the final boss in that area, your mask gets partly cracked off, and then he's like, "I remember now." And the music is swelling. Yeah, <laughs> just it's like very staring. anime. And he's like, "My name is Alfred," and it was so. Oh my god, it was like equivalent of the Death Note. I'll take this potato chip and eat it. Level of emphasis and ridiculousness, and I. When I saw that part, I was like playing at 9.30 at night. I was cry laughing so hard. And I went to YouTube, immediately found somebody else who had made a YouTube short of that exact sequence. If you have not played this game, you have not watched that sequence, make some fucking time because it's hilarious as shit. It's Um, so fucking anime. As somebody who plays a lot of the Legend of Heroes games, they do a lot of shit like that in ways that is so like, oh Jesus fuck! But did you did you did you groan and cringe slash laugh? laugh? Yeah, no, in the way you do. But it's like it's it's almost endearing that they're still out there doing that shit. But it's it's hilarious. It's very very funny. I did not expect it. I'm glad that that's what we got. Knowing what Tails is, I I was not shocked by this, but it's still funny that it's there. Yeah, absolutely hilarious. Um, the first boss that you fight is awesome. I really enjoyed that boss fight a lot. Um, it was challenging, but not overly challenging in in any regards, and it was very epic. The build-up, everything about it was really cool. So I'm excited to see what happens further in the game and how the story progresses. The story's been interesting so far as you get into the next land. You're on a um, quest for murder. It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, the story's starting to really take off now, and it's fun and interesting. They've already thrown little twists and turns already in the second land that are, that are keeping me personally engaged. Um, One of the things I found kind of funny, and this is more like me and my logic science brain, was uh, the mage in that area. She's like, oh, it's, I forgot to tell you guys, because I guess they don't really ever think about it. It's always dark in this land. And then Alfin's like, Wait, how does that work? 
is that is that what the uh the Renans are doing? And then she's like, it's really difficult to explain. I can't so do I won't. it right now. <laughs> yeah. So it was just I won't. such a yeah. hand wavy moment. No, they I do like, they do they do explain it while you're there. Um and it makes sense within the lore of that world, but again, it is anime bullshit. Because yeah, a lot of, a lot of the um like buildup of the worlds are like these lords are siphoning a particular type of astral energy. Um and in that land, the astral energy they are siphoning is light. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it's always seems nice. like there are better places to get that. You think so? Yeah, it's it was uh yeah like when 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 she said that the mage said that my brain was immediately like okay so this particular world is rotating on its axis so towards it never faces the sun in this particular land which is weird because it's really close to the other land which that is was all fire funny. and yeah yeah and like I'm, I'm sitting there trying to logic this thing out and then i'm like what the fuck am i doing it's just an anime video game yeah but like i it 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 was kind of culminate it culminated for me when she was like, "It's really difficult to explain. I'm not going to do it." And I was like, "All right, I just need to no, turn the that, logic filter I respect off. that level of writing so much because it's so damn like it's really difficult to explain. Oh, and so I won't. Well, all right then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, it's it's a fun game. Uh, story is fun. It's really engaging and picking up. Um, so. It's sort uh, of... Yeah, I, I recommend this game very much, even though I haven't. Rich and I realistically aren't that far into it. I still recommend it. It's been a lot of fun. It's cool. Like I said last week, it's going to be something that I'm going to put a few hours in here and there when I can uh, in in between other games I'm playing. So it's going to take a while oh, to get this one. I should say I am playing the PS5 version, which runs like a fucking dream. Yeah, I have and had no problems on my PS4 other than my PS4 sounding like a rocket ship having zero problems with it. So. It's been, it's been running pretty well. All right, next on the docket, Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Josh, you've been playing this game. I don't believe, Rich, you have some. I have it downloaded. I have not had an opportunity to fire it up yet. Too much going on, but I, I will cool. get there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just found out today. Uh, I had forgotten to look it up. I thought it was a PS5 exclusive. It is also on PS4, so I'm going to want to pick up this game here soon. But I'm actually curious to hear, Josh, what you think about it. Um... All right, so this is a plat, no, not platformers. Like, what the hell is this thing? Um, action puzzle game, action platformer type of a game. Like it, like open world. It, open world's not right, but like it, it's got that sort of explorationy sort of a feel to it. Um, I've heard a lot of Zelda comparisons. It's. Yeah, it's kind of Zelda-y. It kind of feels like if... And, like, this doesn't make sense because they were doing stuff at the time, but it kind of feels like sort of a Souls-y, Zelda-y PS2 game. Sure. Um, In that sort of... Like, a lot of the, a lot of the world is um, kind of arranged in a way that feels like you're exploring through kind of an old school game at least from the way that everything is laid out um that can be cool though like there's there's merit in that i think yeah no no th- th- i don't think that's a bad thing um like it's weird because it does it feels very old school in the way a lot of things are designed about it but it is gorgeous gorgeous um the art in this game is 
kind of what originally turned me on to it because it's from a new studio who has done animation work before. Um, they released a bunch of different uh, shorts for, for... It's got almost a Pixar-esque look to it. Yeah, for, for other things previously. And so this is their first game, which, you know, I'm kind of expecting it to look pretty and, and not be much else. But it, it kind of feels special anyway just because it is it 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 does not feel like much coming out these days um and i'm getting some of these old you know feelings exploring this world that i've not in a while and i've i've really been enjoying it the uh um story so far has been good um you can you can tell that they've made shorts before um because there are you know, there's cutscenes and dialogue in it, and they are all paced in, in a way that you, you get the information you need quickly. There's not a lot of time spent kind of... We've got being, three minutes to build a world sort of thing. Yes, like it very yeah. much feels like the sort of pacing that you'd get in a short. Like, yeah, like we have to tell this entire story in eight minutes, so... Like, they're not wasting your time with the way things sure. are, are paced out which I like um, again, like it's, it's so pretty that it's just kind of fun exploring and whatnot. But um, I mentioned souls before, which is not, not a great comparison. It still feels way more action gamey than that. Like PS2 action gamey, um, but way more satisfying than a lot of those games were at the time. It's, it's way more polished. The, the combat is actually really satisfying um, in the game. I, um, I don't know about on lower difficulties, but like they allow you to start. I can't remember if there was four or five difficulties. I think there are four and you can pick three of them to start with. But like okay. I started on the hardest one and it feels about right. Um, stuff's stuff's really challenging throughout, but still feels everything feels tuned really well. Um, that, that your mileage is going to vary depending on what, you know you should know that going into this, whether or not that's the sort of game you play. Um, right. That sort of action game. But I've been, I've been really impressed with it so far. Um, looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. 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 It's, like it's, it is, it has been really fun. Like going into it, I thought it was going to be way more Pikmin like or something because of all the those little, little rot, like spirit. Yeah. Spirit things that you're, you're collecting, sure. but they're more of like kind of a power up, or not power, but like a, almost like a leveling up system. Like the more of them you find, you'll get more spirit energy for stuff. Um, but also each of them you pick up follows you around. So you've, you, and you end up with just tons of these little things kind of falling around that end up looking kind of like the little, you know, like the forest spirits from Mononoke. Um, yes, that's what I was trying to think. Like I knew when we first saw it, there was something I immediately like had the equivalent of in my head that that's exactly mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, they're, they're they're it's a very similar sort of a feeling to it, and the whole thing just I'm I've been really impressed from this being a first game from them. It honestly is kind of astounding that a game looks this pretty from a studio that but it seems are like making that's their the first they know. game. But yeah, like the animation end of it and the character design, and world build, like that's the stuff they know. So that's cool yes. that they're able to apply it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been I've been really impressed by it. It's it's something I'm absolutely gonna. Um, Continue to play. Cool. Enjoy my time with it. It has been excellent so far. 
I'll have to fire that up sometime soon. I'm, I'm glad to hear it's uh, not just from you, but from other people as well, that it's, it's living up to uh, what I was, was hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I tried to avoid, after I made the decision to get it, to avoid much of the more recent stuff about it, just so I'd kind of... Mm-hmm. I'm doing the same. Yeah. yeah, come up with my own opinion, and I've, I've, been, I've been happy with it. Like, again, I was a little bit off-put at first, because, again, it, it's got this sort of retro PS2-era feel to it at the, at the beginning, and I'm like, is this going to pan out, or is it just going to feel awkward? But it, like, it's... It's it's somehow like the best of the PS2 era, sort of a feel to it. By the by, the time you you know kind of get sure. used to it and whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. Um, definitely gonna have to play it before the end of the year is over for sure. Forty bucks. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. How long? Do you know how long the game is roughly? Have you looked that up or no? Um, I think it was. I looked it up a while ago. For some reason, I'm thinking it's around a dozen, like 10 to a dozen, but I'm, I'm not, I do not remember offhand. I know I've looked this up, but it's been I'm a checking how weeks. long to beat. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, not that it's a big deal, but I was just kind of curious at the uh, oh, yeah, yeah. length of the game, you know, about 9 yeah, to 12 and, uh, hours, it looks like. All right, so yeah, uh, yeah kind of around the 10 hour mark. Um, yeah, yeah, 9 yeah, hours, yeah. 13 for completionist. Yes, um, which again, kind of like I mentioned before, if you're really enjoying the combat, like I said, the the hardest difficulty is locked out, so it's it's something you might want to replay because I I know I've really been enjoying the combat and would not mind going back through it on a harder difficulty, um, in, unless it takes a you know drastic left turn somewhere that I'm not expecting. It is it is the sort of thing that like seems I unlikely. Be, I would be interested in, in playing this again on a harder difficulty. Cool. Mm. Well, maybe they'll add an uber difficult just for you, Josh. Yeah, I'm sure eventually they will once they, you know, show us how exactly how this game connects to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, but that you gotta you have to uh, beat Sephiroth in the last chapter yeah. first before you finish the last boss, and then I'll show you that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Just write a strongly so, worded letter that you want a harder difficulty. Go fight Lance Bass, and then you'll know. <laughs> uh, there you have it. Can a bridge of spirits? Check it out. All right, so this portion of the podcast, we have a very special announcement. We've been alluding to it for the past few months. We alluded to it on last week's show, and it's finally, finally come. I'm going to let Rich tell you all about it. Rich, take it away. Woo! Uh, I got a new podcast dropping. The first episode is going to drop on October 13th, and from there it will drop uh, on the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, this show is called Chomping at the Bits. Uh, you're going to hear some familiar voices. One new one helped me out with this. It's a very research-intensive show. Uh, basically, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time, which is a show about old games, um, like, in depth. We, every episode will be targeted on one game. We will talk about its history, its relevance to us, our first experiences with it. Uh, whether, you know, that, that game is something we feel everyone should experience, like just really talk, getting down into it and talking about the games with it. Um, uh, the first episode, like I said, drop on October 13th and it is on the original Donkey Kong, the arcade classic. Uh, we sit there and talk about Donkey Kong for almost two hours. Um, this is like a huge endeavor for me. Uh, so 
Shay and Josh have kind of taken the approach with me that I'm going to let them know all the time what the next episode is going to be about and leave it up to them whether they want to come and be on the show. But we do have a regular crew for it. And recording that first episode has been a lot of fun. And um, I'll go ahead and give you the guys the, the skinny on this right here because I'm going to be putting the schedule out somewhere first. That first episode for Donkey Kong is in the can. It'll be edited and out and dropped in the main feed on October 13th. Then coming in November, the second episode, which will be on Castlevania Symphony of the Night, will be premiering our own feed where it'll drop. We'll by then have music, we'll have art, we'll have all that fun stuff. And then our first three episodes are planned out. So you're getting hit with Donkey Kong, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and then you are getting a twofer with Street Fighter 1 and 2 in a single episode. So I'm really excited to do this. I love old games everybody knows that about me that's not new information but for me to get to gush on old games at nauseum is going to be a lot of fun so i i guess one of my questions is you know like thinking about it as strictly you know if i was a fan not one of the (laughs) members of sword chomp how would how is this show different from something like a chomping after dark where we break into like spoilers of the story or the evoking the sublime where i break down the history and creation of a video game often paired with a um, interview with a developer. How is this show different? This, I think that would be good to notice or note sure. here. Yeah. Um, whereas Chomping After Dark is more about the actual story. We might talk about the story, but that is not the focus here. Uh, the focus is on development history and personal history. Like talking about the first time we experienced this game, what went into making it, uh, the stories behind that, as well as why it was so successful and why it's important and why it's still important and why it's worth discussing like Mm. um a lot of personal history on the game and then just opinions on the game and why it is important to us and why it's something we felt was important to talk about yeah so it's like like the history is part of it the story is part of it the creation is part of it but more it's it's more about the relevancy and like the impact that's kind of like the main focal point of this podcast correct yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I just at, I at its heart, you... a, a history okay. podcast is the way I would put it. But it is about the relevancy, staying power, the heart of these classic games. Uh, the only real rule we've laid out is we want the games we're discussing to be at a minimum of ten years old. Um, hmm. We're starting way further back than that because it just makes sense to for the start. Yeah, um, I just yeah. wanted you to get that out of those words out of uh, out of your mouth instead of me trying to sum that up for you just because I know that like that's the kind of thing you're working on and that's the main takeaway I think people need to take away here is like yes it sounds a little bit similar to some of the other stuff we do but it's more about the rele- relevancy and maybe like the zeitgeist of the time of when these games were popular but also why why do people talk about Donkey Kong country 30 years later and just how or it's not 30 like 25 years later and how glorious the music is why do people still talk about some of these older games so much and it's it's a great way i think to um allow younger generations of people to understand from the average person's perspective why these games were so amazing for their time and why we still think about them today and the influence yeah and another point i made which uh probably not totally clear on the first one it's going to branch out in different ways as we continue like right now we're doing a lot of games but i also want to have discussions about uh I, certain ideas in gaming and where they started or certain developers and why they were important like 
I voiced to you guys privately, and this will undoubtedly be an episode at some point, is I really want to do an episode on Gunpei Yokoi, who I believe is like one of the most unsung voices of Nintendo. He is he's the reason so many things happened the way they did and not a lot of people mm. even know his name. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's honestly, when you talked about that, that's <laughs> personally what I got most excited for. I was like, yeah, I want to hear an episode like that. And like, those, those you... episodes will happen. But like I said, for, for right now, it's going to be a monthly podcast just because it's an it's undertaking. We walk away from every episode deciding, okay, now we have about a month to research this next this next game and hopefully you know get some time to play into it like i'm currently replaying castlevania symphony of the night when i have the time uh just for research purposes (laughs) yeah it's good man i'm yeah i'm really happy that you've been talking about this podcast for quite some time you know and this is just kind of like a insider for you listening uh you the fans you it's a passion project for me it really is it's It's, something i've always wanted to do it's just like you've been talking about this since i think towards the end of last year might even be before that you've been wanting to get this off the ground for quite some time and being as somebody who you know started that evoking the sublime podcast and um working on other stuff the stuff we were working on behind the scenes both in within store chomp and otherwise i understand like a lot of people don't know like how long it can take to get something like this off the ground. There's some people who are just fantastic or that are like, I have this idea. I have this vision. I'm just going to plow through it, get it done quickly. Let's get it out there. And they can roll with it. There's some people who are very it's gifted at that. An arduous road people. Yeah. I, I think I'm so, the same like, way. Shay. Yeah. Yeah. So to try and get this stuff off the ground is, I mean, just getting it off the ground in, in and of itself is a feat. So I'm really happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, like it's an arduous road from conception to we're sitting down and recording this thing. I have five fucking pages of notes. Um, if you've ever really wanted to hear a solid 45 minutes of me and two other grown men talking about Billy Mitchell, uh, then this is the podcast for you. <laughs> exactly. So October 13th, be on the lookout for the main feed. Uh, Rich will be jo- uh, dropping that in the main feed. After that, we'll be working on putting that in its own feed, and uh, we will have another podcast in our lineup. We will have four podcasts again. Woo! There you go. Very excited. There you have it. So, anyways, let's get back to the games now. Um, Lost Judgment, Rich, this was a game pretty much tailored for you. Surely. Um, I'm probably never going to touch this game. You bastard, man. You love it. I know Ray loves it. Uh, yeah, Ray is going to be getting a review up on the site for this just because as much as I would love to do it, I am swamped with a million other ones right now. So I passed the buck on this and I'm going to just slowly save her Lost Judgment. But Lost Judgment is the sequel to Judgment, uh, which is a basically a spinoff of the Yakuza series uh, for anyone unfamiliar. It, a spinoff in the sense that it is set in the same city, in the same universe, but doesn't have any of the principal characters of the Yakuza series. Um, there's references to things like the Tojo clan that are established from the Yakuza series. And again, it's this game, interestingly enough, starts off in Kamurocho, which is the main setting of most Yakuza games, and then very quickly moves to Yokohama, which was the setting of Yakuza 7, uh, like a dragon. Because, you know, they made all those assets, so they got to use them. Uh, but this, this game's kind of wild. Um, I'm still early hours, but... For anyone who is unfamiliar, I won't get too much into the nit and grit of the original Judgment story, but the basic setup for it is you play as Takayuki Yagami, 
a former defense attorney um, turned private eye. And a lot of the first game is about why he stopped being an attorney. Um, Shay, I'm sure, is probably more familiar with this than most listeners, but the legal system in Japan is skewed in such a way that 99.9% of, uh, you know, people involved in cases like this are found guilty. Like, people don't really get off on charges when something goes to trial. And Yagami's story, basically, in the first game is he gets someone off for murder, and then they're immediately arrested on another murder charge. And so he can no longer get work as an attorney. Um, and he takes to being a private investigator and some crazy stuff happens there, but this game picks up, uh, shortly thereafter the original game, uh, tax detective agency is still struggling. He's living out of his apartment. Well, you'll enjoy this Shay. Not only are there many Sega arcades, you can play things like Sonic the fighters in, in, uh, Kamurocho right. and Yokohama, a terrible game, but tack actually has a, uh, master system in his office that you can just yes. go and play games on. <laughs> You're like, can you legitimately play games? Yeah, you on can it? legitimately play these full games, games on there. Are on it? Um, the only one unlocked from default is Alex Kidd, but you can get a lot of carts. There's a lot I of stuff do in there. I love Alex Kidd. But yeah, Yakuza and the, they do this shit all the time. You can walk into a Sega arcade in those games and play all of Virtua Fighter. Um, <laughs> you can play all of Sonic the Fighters in this one. Uh, there's a there's a ton of games that you can really I lose time that, in. Uh, I love that we're getting back to the point where full old games can fit in new ones. Again, it's the best because that. that was that was such a huge deal when Maniac Mansion was inside Day of the Tentacle. Yeah, it, um, it's the it's the best. Um, it's funny. I'll, I'll I'll swoop back around to that because there's a fun story in this one involving Virtual Fighter. Um, so th- the setup for this one is uh, two of the sort of side characters from the last game uh, give you a call towards the beginning, and they have now they've set up their own detective agency in Yokohama. Uh, and they've taken on a big case and they need your help. So you head on out to give them a hand. And the crux of this insane case is that, um, basically they're investigating bullying at a prep school. Uh, and it starts pretty simply with them, like setting up cameras and there's some weird legal stuff that happens there to try and catch these kids bullying. Um, it's all wrapped in a bigger mystery about, uh, this cop whose son went to the prep school um the the son ended up being bullied so much that he took his own life and the the alleged aggressor who drove him to this his body is found and the the father the police officer knows where it is and there's there's a bigger mystery like at the heart of all this but basically yagami has to go to this school to investigate bullying and he ends up becoming a club advisor so he can stick around. So there's a lot of, like, persona-ass shit in here with, like, social links and helping the dance club. And uh, uh, I was actually mentioning, hilariously enough, if you want to get in with the esports club, you have to show them you're pretty good at Virtua Fighter. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's pretty hilarious, but there's it's so much, like, Yagami is beating the shit out of children at times in this game. For anyone familiar with the combat in Yakuza... Uh, this is oh, back to yeah. not this Yakuza is, 7. This is a traditional Yakuza action game, but yeah. straight up like 45 minutes in, there's some some ruffians uh, in Yokohama like attacking a restaurateur, and Yagami just beats the shit out of these kids, and nobody really seems to care. It's funny now that it's kids, but it's it's very much the sort of, oh, Batman doesn't kill anybody. No, he fucking totally killed that guy, the way a lot of these fight scenes are framed, and that's that's kind of been a thing in... 
in the Yakuza yeah, games 100. for a while. Like, it, but it's great because they're, yeah. they're so silly, but like self-serious with the right things. And yeah, um, I should probably they're mention self-aware with the other things. It seems yes. like yeah, I'm playing this on PS5. There's no PC version of this for some very specific reasons. People might be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor who plays Yagami is a very very popular Japanese actor. Um, and his talent agency is very precious with his image. So you'll notice some weird stuff in here. Like, for example, Yakuza games usually have all these vending machines where you can go buy, like, Boss Coffee and, like, real branded stuff, and they'll actually show the character drinking it. You can still buy those items and use them as health items, but, like, animations where Yagami would literally be drinking it are not in the game because his talent agency won't allow him to be seen, like, drinking a brand. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um I'm not surprised. I'm yeah, not surprised. No, Japan is very like that, is my understanding. I'm sure you know better Japan than us. Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. Oh, with, with K-pop stars and stuff, yeah. But yes. this guy, I, I, I feel bad because I had his name written down somewhere, but he's very big in Japan. Um, great performer, like, such an image for him. Like, Yagami is a man in his mid-30s walking around, like, with, like, a, he's always wearing a leather jacket and tight jeans and a biker chain wallet. Um... In this game, very early on, he literally gets a skateboard, which I guess is just to ride around town on. So that's new to the series. You can ride around on a skateboard to go faster, mm-hmm. which is honestly, I was hesitant, but it's actually pretty fun um, to just have a skateboard to have access to in these games. Uh, and again, the Kamurocho is still in it. Yokohama is the main setting. A lot of Yakuza games really limit what you can do with those maps by having construction and stuff like that. This does that and cuts off entire sections of Yokohama, but it kind of makes up for it because you also have this huge interior of this entire prep school where a lot of the game takes place. So there's a lot of new environments, um, much like the first game, very interesting story hooks, a little bit more drama-y than even Yakuza is, uh, but there's still plenty of silly sub stories and fun stuff to be had. As far as the Yakuza action combat goes, this is the absolute smoothest it's ever felt. It feels pretty amazing. Cool. That's great. And I, Yakuza 7, like I said, was a turn-based RPG, like a dragon, and it's great. But I don't think I realized how much I was missing this traditional combat until I fired up uh, Lost Judgment. So, yeah. early so. hours, but it's, it's great. It's real fun. I'm definitely going to see this one through. Like, there's no doubt in my mind when I picked it up I was going to, but so far, great. Cool, cool. I'm really happy, man, because I know that like this is your specific type of game. It is 100% my jam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, you're not you're not close to being done with this game, right? Like, not remotely. I'm maybe three or four hours in. It's probably like close to thirty or forty hours. Cool, cool. I'm excited to hear more updates on that. Um, Eastward is a game that both of you have played. I had meant to play it this week. Um, I just didn't find time to, unfortunately, in my busy schedule. Let's talk about that. Let's. I'll let Josh pop it off because I've been spouting for 25 minutes straight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eastward is a... Is the game of the year. It's it's a very much a love letter to a lot of old games. It is it, there's a ton of Earthbound and Zelda DNA in there. Uh, the game kind of starts out like the beginning of Gurren Lagann. Mm. Oh, one hundred percent underground like, post-apocalyptic city. Yeah, yeah, where everyone's you know, you know, almost cult leader type. The mayor's an asshole. 
vibe to to you know the society that's going on there um just because of lo- the logistics of all living underground like that but um it's very much a the mayor's a dick but he protects us attitude yes yes um it is gorgeous it is it is a pixel art game that is very much doing the high pixel type type thing that a, a few games have done where there's it looks particle so effects and lighting and just the game is gorgeous um and then again it's got some of the like bigger sprites going on a lot of a lot of the sprite aesthetic is kind of very similar to like the earthbound um style but with way more animations to them Um, and what's crazy to me is like it's definitely that earthbound style like you're saying josh but then i feel like so many of the ancillary characters strike me as like that over the top design you remember from like older zelda yeah where like these characters just are so distinct and like i think of jasper for example is like the standout he's a very over the top character he's basically a fucking court jester but so mm-hmm. much emotion and except for that bit about the night stalker but we don't have to get into that um <laughs> there, there's so um, much there yeah yeah i have i'm still fairly i don't know i'm about seven hours in i i think oh damn i i'd have to, I'd have, to have a look let's see i think it was only like five. Oh no i'm almost seven hours in um so far the combat has been there like i'm not but then again that's kind of a i i was kind of expecting to be an rpg honestly from everything they showed going into it so the fact that it's but it's got more top-down zelda in action rpg sort of a thing um i don't know i'm too early on to know how it's going to shape out but yeah it seems um, like there's still a lot to go like even when it it takes a while. There's um, I don't want to even harp on what it is because I don't want to spoil anything. But like, there's a moment in this game when you get out of the first city. The only thing I can really hearken it to is like the first time you see Midgar from the top in Final Fantasy VII, and it's literally comparable to like that moment on a train where like the yeah. lighting completely changes and it's just like. And that was the moment. That's like four hours in, but that was the moment when I was like, "Fuck, this game's brilliant." Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on there um that I've been really impressed by. Um it is absolutely something that I am sinking a ton of time into. Like there are there are a lot of games that I want to finish currently, but like this is one that's like really got its hooks in me. Like I I've, yeah. I've been sinking some time into this game. I've only I think I think that's 7 hours is in two settings. Um, same same for me i'd be shocked if i am not done with this by the next time we record yeah yeah same um it is just really really charming with with the way they do so much of the character work the writing is interesting because you play as a silent protagonist but then also but also um you're playing as two you, characters, really. Yeah, you're playing as two characters, one of which is a silent protagonist. And, and the other, other one, one won't shut up. <laughs> yes, yeah, which I think is a really cool dynamic um, to kind of... It's it's good, it's good. I've, I've, yeah. like, I'm really enjoying so much of the... Um, like, just, again, it's like it's built off of a lot of the old framework. I don't know... Um, 
it's funny what you said the the silent protagonist thing like you wouldn't expect that to work but it works in the the way it's framed as like an adult and a small child of like sam's constantly being like john look at this look at this and john just kind of like plodding along it just mm-hmm. it works so well it, yeah their dynamic is really great um I, I i'm loving it i am absolutely loving this game so far it is I, it's I so have good. always liked that high pixel art style of like, okay, we we yes. clearly love the old aesthetic. It had its limitations. Um, yes. This one does a really cool thing where it's pixel art, but it's a higher pixel count pixel art than most of the old games. It's also, again, it, like I mentioned before with the lighting and particle systems in there, but it also essentially, it's got like, like almost like a film grain. It's not, not, that's not like, it's not, I'm like I, you've seen a lot of the like CRT filters they'll put over stuff, and it's not that. It's it's like still sort of smoothed out a little bit, but there's so it's, it's almost like there's like a grungy dirt to it. Yeah, in a it's, bright poppy way though. It reminds me of like a like a fully coolie, yeah, vibe or like a cowboy bebop. Yeah, like the whole thing kind of looks like it's like an eye catch, like really over engineered, you know, like super well detailed eye catch for like between. It's, the best way I could say it is like bright colors against a grimy palette. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really cool. I am absolutely loving the aesthetic oh, of this game. We didn't even mention the thing I'm engaging with a lot that I love, which is the game within a game. Uh, oh yeah. Which is Earthborn, which is basic. You're literally carrying around a Famicom cart with you that you yeah. plug into like NES's outside of convenience stores to play this old game. And then at these same convenience stores, there's a capsule toy machine where you can get capsule toys of characters from the game that give you yeah. buffs in game. So it has amiibo, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a Super Nintendo game with amiibo, essentially. Uh, and that's 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 a unique system because it's roguelike ish the way it's done, where Adjacent, you've got a yeah. set amount of time that you can use to to go kill the big bad, um, and you. You stand no chance at the beginning, but it seems like with each of the different buffs you get, from, which is funny, from these little capsule toys, you can um, maybe get there. It's funny you say like you have no chance. That's literally how they start you. Like you approach a bunch yeah. of other kids, and they're like, "Try and beat the last boss right now," and you just get your shit pushed in. Yeah, um, it's really neat. I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm I adore it. I can't wait to. I talked about the soundtrack with you guys in privately. Oh, yeah. This is a Chucklefish joint, so you know it's going to get pressed to vinyl, and I am going to pre-order that in a fucking heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to play this game. I'm definitely going to start it this week. That way we can talk about it together next week as a full crew. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's going to be great. There's also like, a just, co- you got, cooking system that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Hearing you guys talk about it just got me ha- more and more jazzed for it, so you'll 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 really like it. Yeah. I, I do not doubt it. it was on my, it's been on my list for quite some time. Um, yeah, so next is a game that, uh, I unfortunately played Skatebird. Oh, you did play Skatebird. Yeah. Review. I played all of five minutes of it and, uh, that was enough for me. Six to seven hours. I'm, I, how? Well, let me talk about Skatebird for a minute. Okay. Can Um, I, can I preface it that way you can get all into it? Sure. Go for it. I literally have like three thoughts about it and then you can refute and you can prove me wrong first off the customization is amazing in the best part of the game easily the best part of the game when i was you were picking through the number of birds i was like oh my god a kingfisher oh my god a starling oh my like i 
like went into full biology mode. I was in heaven. I was <laughs> looking through every single bird, trying to decide, looking at all the items. I loved that section. I was like, this is starting out really great. And then you get into it, and the controls were horrendous. And I, they set you off on to, to do the first mission. You talk with a bird. And the comedy of the dialogue is pretty cute. They set you off on a mission. I couldn't even do the mission because the controls were so fucking janky. I was like, I'm not suffering through this. I have so many other games I'd rather play right now. And I turned it off. Fair enough. Um, it's funny you say that because the first time I played it, I did the same. I put it down. I ended up going back to it and getting a little absorbed in it. Uh, I was hoping for a good, solid Tony Hawk skateboarding game because I love Tony Hawk games. This is not that. It is you are a bird on a skateboard and it is an arcade skateboarding game. But it really leans into like you are a bird. Like you have hollow bones. Everything's really floaty and slow. Um, speed is tied to comboing. So like the more you combo, the faster you go, but it never feels quite right. It, it, yep. it isn't, it isn't doing everything wrong, but even when it's at its best and you have a handle on the, 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 uh, the overall feel of the skateboarding, it still never feels quite right. Like there's some cool level design ideas. The writing is fun, but it's just off enough to cause problems and I, I kept plugging away at it. I reviewed it. Um, I played a ton of this game because I really wanted to love it but something's just not quite there. Like, as Shay was saying, that style and the look and the vibe and everything is phenomenal but the skateboarding is just not good enough. There's it's not terrible but it's aggravating enough that if you don't really want it, it's you're gonna put it down because it can get frustrating especially when you get to some of the later levels and the harder missions, but I, I mean, I powered through the whole thing. Um, and I, I found something to like there and especially because it was on game pass and I didn't buy it. There, there was more of that there, but I, I mean, you can check out my review. I, it's not something I would really recommend to a lot of people. Um, I really hope they get it right with a sequel maybe or something because they have an idea and it needs a lot of fine tuning. Yeah, yeah, th that's the thing is like I will say there's a lot of potential there, but the physics do not warrant you spending a single fucking dime on that game at all because you have to have Buddha like godlike level patience to fucking even muster the desire to want to turn on that game after experiencing the physics. I should say it's I am the most impatient man in the world and I beat this game. Rich, like, look, here's the thing, though. There's, there are times where patience is outweighed or a lack of patience is outweighed by a greater desire. So, for example, if they released a brand new Shining Force game, tactics-style game, which there's Shining one Birds. coming for the mobile. That's not real. It's a mobile game. It's not real. It's coming out next year on mobile. It's super, super just bogged down with pay-to-win elements and stuff like that. I don't have a lot of patience my desire to play another Shining Force game would outweigh my lack of patience. And you mentioned earlier this week, as I was shitting very ever so kindly on this game, that you said, I am a sucker for skateboarding games. I love them more dearly than most people. And I think that factors in here. 
oh, why he's stuck with it this game. It, oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. And you can I'll fucking spoil my review here. I still put it as a skip it. I don't think it's really worth anyone's time. If you really like skateboarding games and you have Game Pass, give it a shot. You have literally nothing to lose. Um, but I wouldn't recommend you go out and spend twenty dollars on it. What'll end up happening is you'll turn it on, you'll play it for five minutes, be like, what the fuck is this shit? You'll turn it off, you'll grab your keys, if you're generous, you'll put on a mask to protect others, drive to the nearest grocery store, grab one of those metal Brillo pads, and scrub your fucking fingers and your eyes until they bleed, and then you'll be happier that you did that. But there's a, there's a spy bird named Sam Kingfisher, and he wears the Splinter Cell goggles. Not worth it. 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, again, you, if you really, really like skateboarding games and you're willing to power through some clunky stuff, there's not nothing there. It's just, it's it's a, not something I'm going to recommend to pretty much anybody. Pretty much, unfortunately. I wanted to like the game, too, because, I, like, so the concept like, huh? is so cute and the customization, stellar after that. Nah. Like, even just do that. Go make a kick-ass bird in the customization that you in theory would yeah. like to skateboard with and then just turn the, it the off. The entry after price that. is just to make your your profile picture. You create your little skateboarder, you take a screenshot and uh that's the game. That there you go. There you go. That's skatebird. Don't recommend it unless you are a fucking diehard skateboarder. Or, or need a new profile picture. Enthusiast. And you need a new profile picture. <laughs> All right, we're going to pass it off to Josh so he can talk more. I don't think you talked about it last week, actually. To talk about Lake. I think I only briefly mentioned it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I brought it passing. up. I brought it yeah. up the week prior. I talked about it because I played why. a bunch of okay, it. That's why. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think I think I think I just mentioned that I started it and with the yeah. intention of Maybe Rich would finish it this week and we could talk about it some more. Um, just give it more time since I just barely started it. Um, Are you done with it? I am done with it. Same um, The lake, and I, I think I mentioned this before. I can't remember. I can't remember if I mentioned anything or not. So I'm going to assume I didn't say any of this. Uh, lake is a very just chill game where you It are, is what it claims to be. You you are filling in for your dad who's on vacation because they couldn't find anybody to uh, to cover his job of being a mail carrier. So you're you're going back back in a home very small after town. twenty years um, to a yeah this really small town in Oregon where you deliver the mail um, and meet odd characters um, and reconnect with people from your past. Yeah, reconnect with people from your past, um, and it's the eighties. Yes, yes, this is set. That's set an important past. detail. Um, I really liked this game. It is um, Me too. It was fun. Like I was getting a lot of like deadly premonition vibes with just like the sort of like I'm I'm in this weird little town. It's no, it's nowhere near as weird as that. Well, but like this this little town and meeting all these odd characters. Who, who that's live the here. beauty of it though right like we that's what we said probably it's like it's like deadly premonition but the other shoe never drops yes yeah um like you're driving around delivering this mail and werewolves never chase you down for no reason you um, just talk to a lady at the convenience store and go about your day 
Mm-hmm. And she's always some old just pleased cat. to be there at that convenience store. That that the cashier is never Nancy is never happy to be at work every time you speak to her. So who would yeah. be? Not um, Yeah, like it is. I I really really enjoyed this game. It is it is something that. It's exactly what it says on the tin. You go there, you deliver mail, you talk to some people. Like that's that's it. Like it's not you hang out at the video store. Yeah, it, there's there is not an awful lot more to this thing. There's kind of a, a an element of kind of choice in it as far as like you know the ending they give you, which is still very vague. But like, oh, are you going to go back to the city after this? Maybe you want to stay in the small town life. Like kind of yeah, it's a, it's a Hallmark movie basically. Yeah, like this, like what what ending crawl you know like d- do you want? Um, do you want to tell your dick boss that you're busy when he calls and asks yeah. you to review some data, or do you want to hang out with the lady from the video store and watch Nightmare on Elm Street? Mm-hmm. There's there's you know like little things like that, but again, most of it is just about you kind of being around town. Like there's little dialogue options about how you can interact with them but it's it's still it's like it's very light it's very breezy um there's there's an in-game radio that has old songs from the 80s which most of them are lesser known ones so they could license them but yeah still songs from the 80s nonetheless they also name drop some movies from the 80s, but also make like assimilations of other ones, like yeah. fake posters for a, a fake labyrinth and a fake gremlins. Yeah, there are a bunch of fake movie posters. Oddly enough, I think they. The, I think this is just because they wanted to make the fake movie posters, because your dad specifically mentions going to see Back to the Future, I think. And there no, is a no, fake. No. I can't remember if we. I can't. I can't remember. No, 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 no. He it was Stand by Me. That's the one your dad goes to yes, see. Yes, he references Stand by Me. Um, but like, so they reference a bunch of movies like that, like actual movies. Um, yeah, the same and thing. Then they like have I, a bunch of like fake movie boxes and posters and stuff, which is just funny. Yeah, um, and they reference a ton of actual movies when you're doing that sort of mm-hmm. quote unquote side quest for the video store lady, where you're recommending videos to people. Yes. Like, uh, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street with the mechanic girl. <laughs> like, I invited yeah. her over to my house to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, yeah. Pervert. <laughs> We're just friends. Um, mhm. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is it's really good. It's 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 something you you're you're going to know if it's going to be something you're interested in ahead of time, but if you are, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. Like if if the premise of anything they said about this game sounded remotely interesting to you, like I It's think, a strand game. Yes, it, uh, yes, it's it's one of the uh, one one of the better strand games. I think that was the delivery. joke we made when they showed yes. the trailer because I would constantly say like I'd love Death Stranding if it was just a game where you delivered stuff and that was it. And, that's and that was this is. is literally that. This is this is that. Um, yeah. Oh, it's relaxing. It's cathartic. It's weird, and it's just a, a game about people and about a specific time. And I, I I enjoyed my time with it as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's Lake in a nutshell. Now. Last week, I, I think I had briefly mentioned that um, I had started playing Dodgeball Academia per Rich's recommendation. And since then, um, I had made a post about it on our Instagram, how sucked into this game I got. I got really into it because 
as Rich had told us before, it has a lot of Pokemon DNA in it, and that I didn't realize how much I missed that that DNA. So I got sucked into it really hard, um, really fast. There was a lot of just sucking. Yeah. Yeah. And by that, I mean both um, as in getting me into the game and me doing terrible with the dodgeball <laughs> mechanics at times. I, I sucked pretty hard a few times, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, I don't want to say too much more than what Rich and I have already said. I just wanted to mention that I had beaten it yesterday. Um, I really like the build of the story. I really like where it goes. For a while there, like the middle portion, there there is a little bit of a noticeable dip in quality. I think they could have probably got rid of one it, or it drags one in spots. Yeah, it does. It certainly does. Um, I I do remember talking about this last week. There was one mission where I was just like. This is what we're doing and just running back and forth and back and forth in the same area. I think they got to cut a full chapter out because it didn't do that much for the story. It just more was like it, it was there more to be a natural progression of the mechanics and unlocking characters and their abilities. Essentially is what it felt like. Just giving you things to check mark off there in terms of the combat. It was, it was the training montage before the tournament arc. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't a great one. <laughs> that the particular the whole, the whole game but, is a tournament arc. Yes, <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, once you start getting towards the end, some some of the stuff starts getting revealed, like who these characters are, what their motives and motivations are, um, why they are the way they are. It really started to endear itself even more. The fact that you can't play as Vampy is a crime. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that this game has a nice blend of simple comedy and it does a good job of having character development and story development. I I do think that me personally, I think this was a more story driven game than a character driven game. I I'm, I'm interested in the characters. I, I felt like one note, they're mostly caricatures. Exactly. Exactly. I think it was much more story driven at the end though. It has some really nice character development. I will say that it has some really nice character development that has some very simple and poignant points about mental health, about, um, you know, effort, about acceptance of self-image, a lot of things. And granted, it's not heavy-handed. It's stuff you've heard before, but it's nice. It's a nice culmination of a lot of that. The ending was fun. The, um, the mechanics, and this is something that I was telling Rich off the air right before we started doing the show. Um, there are some frustrating moments when you're playing the dodgeball. Um, for example, if somebody uses their special and there are a few characters in there that has a special that will just pummel you quickly with balls, it's very, very, very almost near impossible to get out of that. Like, so you're just getting pummeled with balls and there, there's the ability to catch the balls or the ability to jump out of the way and dodge the balls. Certain characters but, deflect them. Yeah. So, yes. But with the way that some of these specials work, it's almost impossible once you get hit once to get the timing and it's just like a character wipe. And it's really frustrating because it seems like the, the enemy characters are more capable of being able to uh defend themselves in those moments than you are as a player 
I felt like that was a little bit cheap at times. Or, for example, if you, um, like Rich had talked about a few weeks ago, it's more in the Japanese style. When somebody gets knocked out, instead of just being out of the game, some of the games work like that. Some of it works to where they go behind you um, to pick up balls that you miss and to throw them at you as well. It does less damage, but it, if, um, like I talked about with the, the specials where you can get chain attacked, same thing can happen here. If there's a guy behind you that hits you and there's a character on the court hitting you, you can just get pummeled from multiple directions, not be able to survive it. But what's fu- funny is, likewise, your team does that when it's happening as well. So sometimes there, I found there were certain bosses or whatever that were easier to defeat by letting somebody get taken out early and get behind them, and yes, then just tossing yes, balls just to my teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of shit they do in Japanese dodgeball. Um, and yes, I I figured out how to kind of exploit that mechanic more safely. And I think it's purposeful. Better. I think it is purposeful that they they do that to like be like oh you know for certain fights you could really sway it in your favor that way yes yes uh the i guess it's more of like the the specials that just like fucking hit you with ball after ball after ball it gets overwhelming and it gets frustrating um dying that way happened to me more than once it, it it's a little bit angering especially if you um this is one thing that also bothers me a little bit about the game is Sometimes it gives you ample opportunities to heal, whether you use your items or whether you run to what's essentially the equivalent of the Pokemon Center, the nurse's office. It makes or the same you're noise at the be- and everything. Very beginning of the game, <laughs> where you're at the beginning of the game and you're using Balloony to heal you. Um, there are moments where you can often heal yourself, and then there are times where you have to fight a battle, and then there's dialogue, and then you're just thrown into another battle. And if you took a lot of damage in that first battle, there's zero opportunity to heal yourself. And basically, you will have to start from a previous save if you cannot get through that battle. Thankfully, I was able to um, not have to do that. But there were a few times where I was cutting it really close to having to do that. So there is a challenge there. Um, The nice thing is that there are some challenges in the game that will actually improve your dodge ability, your catching ability and some other abilities as well. They're like secret, not secret, but they're the teacher challenges, and if you can beat the easy, medium, and hard modes on S, you get special items out of it. So um, there, there are ways to train yourself to get better at that stuff. But overall, it's a really fun game. Um, I definitely think it's worth playing. It's on Game Pass, worth your time, especially if you like Pokemon. I think that if you want to own it, it's worth the money as well. It's a very fun game. I enjoyed it, um, despite small issues here and there from front to back. Really fun game. Um, yeah, great time. So, And also, if you want to read a little bit more of an in-depth analysis slash a different analysis, check out Rich's review, which is on the site. Woo! So, check that out. The last thing I will very, very briefly mention is Genesis Noir. Now, this is a game that Josh and I had played more closer towards the beginning of the year. And I had meant to beat this game. Um, I knew I was towards the end. I just wasn't prioritizing it. Yesterday, I uh, had some free time. And so I sat down and I was like, you know what? (laughs) It is. I had some free time and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to knock this knocked this out and i 
sat down and just got through the last little bit of the game. I think I had maybe a half hour left of the game. <laughs> um, I didn't realize I was that close to the end. Josh, that weird music video sequence, that was interesting, and I loved that. It's really good. Very I, good. I really... That game went places I did not expect from the beginning. Um, yeah. And they were able to tie everything back together so well at the end that it just it makes the whole thing feel satisfying. Um, and I was, I was not sure they were going to stick that landing and, and, and they did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like when you're playing it, you're kind of like, all right, where is this going? Where's this whole thing? How is this, all these images and the story related? Are they just up their ass and what they're doing? And I mean, I'm sure some people are going to feel that way regardless, but man, yeah, it really did go places. And I, I finished it and I was like, Okay, I think I know what I just experienced over the the two major playing times of this. And then I went mm-hmm. and read. I was like, okay, yeah, that's what I thought happened. <laughs> and um, I can't even, like, there's somebody on, on the internet. Um, I think I have, I might still have it pulled up. I do, yes. Uh, what, is, what is their name? Sorry, I want to, Flora Eloise wrote an article called With a Bang or a Whimper, a Critical Review of Genesis Noir. It is a very detailed and lengthy interview, uh, or not interview, review. Uh, I, I skimmed and I read parts of it. It's a very good review and an, and an analysis of the game. I initially thought we should do a chomping after dark of this game, mm-hmm. but I actually don't want to do it purposefully. A, because it's a very eclectic game to try and tell the story of this game would yeah. just be weird, first off. Second, this game, I said it before months ago, and I'm saying it again. This is a must experience gaming experience, period. Like, this is yeah. the most unique gaming experience I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and, it, and I mean that in a positive. Um, it, it is going to be confusing and it is going to be a little bit perplexing at times, but that's perfectly okay. You don't need to fully understand this to appreciate the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is by far the most unique experience I've had in gaming and it's worth everyone's time. It's still on game pass right now. Um, being able to finish it felt really good. It's something that's been kind of looming on me this, this year of not having finished that game and i'm really glad i did because yeah that that music video sequence towards the end was incredible um the way they wrap it up is really fun definitely worth your time so absolutely rich you didn't play genesis noir right i have not dude you gotta play that game before the end of the year because i guarantee you it's coming up again (sighs) That might be something I'll have to fit in at some time towards the back end. There's just too much on my plate at the moment. No, I mean, like, it's not something you need to rush out and play, but I'm just saying in general. All right, I'll go. I'll play right now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it's like one of those gaming experiences. I think you will have a lot to say on it, and you're going to be like, I'm glad I played this because there's nothing I've ever played quite like it. Like, is that fair to say, Josh? You've never played anything quite like this? I mean, elements of it. Are in other places, but it like, yeah, it yeah, kind of, um, yeah. That game company, it kind of reminded me of some stuff that they do, mm-hmm. a little bit. But 
I praise. Yeah, you'll see. When you eventually get to it, Rich, you will see exactly why. But. I, I don't doubt it. I, I, tr- I trust your uh, your recommendation for sure. Both Thank of you. you. That's a nice compliment. I yeah, appreciate it. You're that. welcome. <laughs> oh, you're talking to Josh, <laughs> not me. Gotcha. Oh, Shay, with your home I mix oh, the voices yeah, you, up all the time. You, you too, buddy. You too. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, all Josh. Right, we're going to take one more quick break. Um, we just talked about a lot of games. Give you guys a few minutes to refresh. Let us run a an ad of ours, and we will be right back with the back end of the show, which is all social media stuff and Patreon stuff. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Okay, bye. Hey there. Welcome. If you found this... You must be listening to The Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering... Hey, Shay, tell them about the other podcast. Yes, I know you're wondering... What else could I listen to? Don't forget the other podcast. What else could I possibly listen to from these guys? Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying... If you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to SoreChomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I don't know what the fuck that was, but we are back. Um, We're going to do our Patreon question of the week. If you are a patron at the $1 tier and above, you get access to our special poll or question of the week. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's going to blow your fucking mind. Other times it's going to make you cry. Um, we did a question of the week, and I, I put it on our secret Instagram. I said it's probably the hardest question I will ever ask you guys. What is objectively the best video game of all time? And I said, not your favorite, the best. And so I'm going to read some of these to you guys. I want you guys to reflect on them, and I will do the same with you guys. All I'll do is yell wrong. Okay. <laughs> Tawny S. said Tetris. It's Correct. a perfect gameplay loop, and its simplicity is its brilliance and the reason why it's still relevant to this day. And or the reason why it was boring since the beginning. That actually <laughs> would have been my answer, too. Um, I think Tetris is, like, the objectively perfect video game. It's an amazing video game. Like, any time I play it, I'm not, like, I have a good half hour of fun with it. I, 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 I think it's it. h- hilarious, actually, that I said I was just going to yell wrong, and then the first one is exactly what my answer would have so been. Funny. That's so <laughs> funny. You know, Rich, I actually knew that that was your answer in the past, so I knew that you were going to... I, I was trying to fuck with you on that one, yeah, even though that no. was the first person who... That's, Tony was the first that's pretty good, though. The, like, objectively, though, I think that is the like the objective correct answer for all the reasons he said, and also it's just... Anyone can pick up Tetris, but it is like infinitely difficult to master. Um, yep. I, I, I fucking love Tetris. Yep, absolutely. Sai, our good buddy Sai said, Link to the past, it's the best and a favorite. I think there are some issues with that game. 
So I don't I mean, think it, that's uh, wrong. Could, but... I don't think it could objectively be the best, but it is a damn good game, especially recency bias coming into effect there. It's fucking great. L- it's a wonderful it, game. Goddamn masterpiece. But like, as far as like universal, like Tetris is like, I feel like anyone can pick it up and that that's what puts it above other stuff. Yeah. 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 All right. So this one's going to be interesting. Hold your thoughts. Rich, don't yell out wrong until I finish everything, please. I know you like to. Just hear this one out. Technic- oh, sorry. Nameless host, our buddy Fletch, said, Technically or story-wise, I think The Last of Us has the best story in games. The first one. Overall, though, I think Skyrim Special Edition is the best game. There is so much variety in what you can do and how you can play. You can spend 100 hours without even touching the main story. It's not my favorite, but I have to believe it has to be one of the best gaming experiences. The, the ability to mod Skyrim also helps its stature. Okay, now you can yell wrong if you want. I don't even think Skyrim is the best Elder Scrolls game. <sighs> yeah, I, I, like, I personally liked Oblivion better, but... I was leaning towards Morrowind. Like, I, 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 people really like Skyrim more than... Like, I think I'm the outlier here, if I'm being honest. People really like Skyrim. I didn't I'm even finish it because I nobody did. It. Nobody, nobody like, did. I yeah, like I don't know. Like I, I, I don't, I don't know. know what the story of Skyrim is. I've forgotten at this point. To be there's honest, there's a dragon. I'm pretty sure. There, yeah, there's a dragon. Oh, that's right. That's right. The dragons and the um, dragon priests. I've definitely. I've never even gotten as far as like talking to the graybeards or whatever the fuck they're called. Like that part where you have to go to the mountain. I was like boring and. <laughs> Honestly, I think the 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 reason this would be that is the you can spend a hundred hours without touching the main story because and the I parts did. I did like of it were just the were random the shit story. I'd wander yeah. into and mm-hmm. just discover. Some of that yeah. was really fun, but like, like that's that's the funny part is like yeah t- to its credit what I was saying there is like I never did even come close to finishing the main story, but I still played a lot of that game. Yeah, no, I'm still I'm sure I probably put in a few dozen hours. Um, but like, I hear yeah, they're adding, the main I hear they're story is just there. So <laughs> I heard they're adding fishing. <laughs> uh, you know, people really like Skyrim. I don't know. I'm just not my thing. I, I, I can admit I'm the outlier there. I have no problem admitting that. I, I think he has some good points at how mod modable. I don't know if that's a word. How how many mods can be integrated into the game and how it's still so popular after all these years. But I mean, doesn't that, that make, hmm. Okay. I was going to say it, I could see it being a contender for one of the best games of the modern era for okay. sure. For sure. I think, I think on that token, I think my vote, if that's the metric counter-strike is the best well, game of I all time. I wasn't going to say that's the, I wasn't going to say that's the only metric, but yeah, fair point. Counter-Strike is another. Because of like that... half the games that have come out in the last few decades were at one point a Counter-Strike mod. That's true. That's true. And I, there, there's a coworker of mine, um, older gentleman, mid-60s mechanic, um, not a big video gamer. To this day, he's told me this countless times, his Thursday night, as he gets home from work, he cracks open a beer, he plays Red Alert. That's so dope. That's awesome. That's so dope. 
I love when older people get into games. But no, mm-hmm. like I think there are a lot of things going for Skyrim. Again, it's not my favorite, but I think with the the you know, impact it has and a lot of things that you can do, I could see it being one of the considered one of the best games of the modern era of all time. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about it a little bit more deeply than that. Um, yeah. As of right now, I would say no. I don't think it could be one of the best games of all time, but definitely of the modern era, I could see a case being made. Um, in terms of his first part, The Last of Us having one of the best stories in video gaming of all time, the first game. I'm hard pressed to disagree, to be honest with you. Like for, for a specific, t- for that level of cinematic storytelling, the first last of us. Yeah, does. I, I think the reason my brain skews away from like almost immediately being like, I don't really think so is because I don't think the story itself on its face yeah, is that unique. Yeah. Um, I, in terms of like bringing that road, yeah, the, I love the road too. Um, in terms of like bringing that level of cinematic storytelling to gaming, yeah, and that, that's one of the main yeah. reasons the first Last of Us will always be important. Um, Absolutely. So I think that's probably more what he was driving for, at for, anyway. For showing why we should just watch movies. I like movies, but too. but here's a gaming gaming's attempt at it. I love the I love the gameplay, and I shouldn't say I loved. I enjoyed the gameplay in The Last of Us. I'm not saying it's yeah, so did I. Good, Absolutely. Um. But. Like, but I think that again was more what he's driving at, less than the like over. I shouldn't say because the content of the story is still good, but it's not like the concept is not aggressively unique. But yeah, it is like, well I don't executed. think it's it's well. Yeah, I don't think the content's super unique, and I don't think it does anything. Like, there's there's literally no interaction with it. It's it's a movie that happens to have a game attached to it. Um, as far as you know, the narrative. I don't know. Like I don't And I like Uncharted more. Like what what like would I, be I, a what would be a better mainstream game? Like the only other game I could really I don't think know. of. I really one, don't. one of the only other games that had that much of a profound impact on me and I could objectively say is one of the better stories in a game would be the first season of Telltale's The Walking Dead. I was um, going to say Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Dry Twice. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. But no, that one I would give more stock in because it is doing something only a game can do with the the multiple tricking you into thinking you have choices. Yeah, I mean, it's not a big difference, but like still there's interactivity going on there. Like, I feel like I'd be much more interested in telling a story in a way only a game could. Um, Mm, Fair enough. Even if it's even like trying to think like. There's just, there's a lot of weird stuff out there that is only only possible through that medium, um, right? I mean, stuff like her story or uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. Um, there's 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 a what about bunch Disco of... Elysium? Yeah, yeah, that one is it's it, um yeah, like there like obviously there's there's other interactive storytelling type, you know mediums like um role yeah, like, playing yeah. and, and and stuff like that but um yeah i don't know like i feel like there was such a big push in the early aughts of oh man nobody's taking us seriously we need we need a big cinematic game and i feel like we lost so much time trying to accomplish a completely unworthy goal trying to um, make games movies yeah. And like there's been a lot of really interesting stuff of like okay, but what do games do well? Um 
and even if it's a straightforward story, um, parts of it, like, again, par- parts of those, some of those lessons were learned well from other games as far as stuff like Shadow of the Colossus is excellent in the way it, like, forces you to um, kind of deal with your decisions of, of what you're going to do here because the loop is the bad thing you're going to do or whatever. Whereas I feel like they kind of really hammer that over and over and over again in something like The Last of Us. Sure. Mm. We're like, look look how bad you are. Whereas, I don't Claw, know. I, I feel like, like I'm getting way, way too deep yeah, into this. this is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah. bit, but that's okay. I think okay. the easier way to just to put a bow on this, because I don't think anything he's saying is incorrect. I just think it, it depends on how you're looking at it. Yes. Um. The reason The Last of Us wouldn't jump to my forethought is because, like, I, it's a great story. It's a sat- cinematic story. But, like, I don't think the part where it's a game is the standout part of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I could it's see that. It's not particularly yeah. bad at any of what it's doing. No, I just... I think it's it does have an amazing story, and it, it was so influential. Oh, it does, yeah. No one's not. Yeah, I just... I, I can't think of really a better example. Like, and I sat down and thought about it when he said Huber. it. And I was like... I was like, well, Final Fantasy, I mean, all those stories are great, but also convoluted as fuck. Um, and I started thinking about other stories. And the what only do you mean? One You're I inside a whale. Of, <laughs> the only other one I thought of that could be considered, like, best story-wise in recent memory was Season 1, Telltale's The Walking Dead. And I, was, I thought it was kind of funny but that both games involve zombies. So, kind of interesting. But mm. Anyways. Um, Bubble Bobble. Next. Red Blue Blur Gaming said Mario Odyssey. I can't really talk about this. So that's this a good Mario. That's a good ass yeah. Mario game. Um, like I could, I could see, I can see you making arguments for an awful lot of the 3D Marios because they're just so totally. ridiculously solid on their own. And yeah, I can, I can see Odyssey being that. I could see. Galaxy, like, Galaxy, I Galaxy could, two. I could see sixty four, except it's got enough flaws it's because it's the first attempt. But like the fact also, that that was the first attempt is out, just like astounding. Um, I think for me again, like it is the way I look at the question. Like my biggest like rejection of these ideas when they come out is that something that is a staple to being objectively the best game ever for me is like it should be something that almost anyone can pick up and understand almost immediately. And that's why I'm always mm-hmm. drawn to Tetris as the answer to that question, because it's addictive yeah. and it like, it, there's no, like you can get better at it, but there's no hardcore learning curve. Like you understand, you look at Tetris and get it. Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. Good point. Yeah. I, I wish I had actually played Odyssey to talk about it a little bit more, but you discussed yeah, me. I don't have, <laughs> What? I said you disgust me. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Maybe someday I won't. Um, I won't hold okay. my breath. <laughs> All right, next. Kilted Gamer said, Chrono Trigger, you freaking plebeian. Yeah. It's a good that game. One's, that, one, that one's up there. That one's up there for me, but yeah, again, all all the same reasons why it doesn't hark to that for me, so I won't just keep saying the same thing over and yeah. over again. Hon- honestly, I think some of the interesting things that Chrono Trigger does 
is with the story. Um, especially back yeah. then, because there's so many different endings, and you get, you know, information of what stuff's, you know, going you can to get happen. one of them about 20 minutes in. Yeah, because it's a time travel game, and the yeah. information you have going forward kind of leads to you making different decisions. And yeah, I I, I absolutely love Chrono Trigger. That's that's a great option that I think does a lot of things well um, to kind of showcase what the medium can do. Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> this one will discuss you more, Rich. I've never played Chrono Trigger. <laughs> so... Well, you, I've you seen kill, it. You're killing me this week. I'm sorry. You're next killing week, me, I'll Smalls. I'll do better next week. I promise. Promise, dads. Try harder. <laughs> All right. Last comment. Don't be sorry. Be better. <laughs> Suck it. Uh, last comment is from our buddy Eric S. Uh, he said, hmm, tough. First response without thinking about it is The Last of Us 1, but me- maybe Zelda Link to the Past. Seen so some commonalities in our... here, which is interesting. Yep. You know, I was just thinking, with, with your do rule of has to be something goes. anyone can immediately pick up and get, Super Monkey Ball. Hell yeah. Is that... I think that's in contention. I, I can... I like me some Super Monkey Ball. Let's just say the answer's Qbert and get out of here. <laughs> no, damn it. I will not do that. Yeah, Q-Bert's I can, see, I can cool. see arguments for Pac-Man as well. Oh, yeah, that's definitely, definitely in the contention there. I, I'm always going to argue, as I always do when Pac-Man comes up, that if you're like, Pac-Man's the best, like, incorrect, Miss Pac-Man's the best. Yes. Yeah, no, that's just, that's, that's just true. Yeah. Every time you see a Pac-Man cabinet, you're like, eh, I'll play it. My mother taught me that when I was five and I've never looked back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Well, that's the Patreon (laughs) question of the week. If you want in on that action, you know where to find it. Anyways, um, I want to say just really quickly, I shouted out the patrons, uh, in a, a dual intro slash Patreon shout out. At the beginning of this podcast, I, I thought that would be kind of fun. I just wanted to say a quick thank you to those patrons that I named at the beginning of the show. Um, thank you so much for supporting the show. It, it yeah. is allowing for things like Rich to start this new podcast. Uh, we've been alluding for a while now that these things allow us to open up new opportunities and avenues, and that is the direct result of uh, people who help keep the lights on here as we're able to make more content and fun interesting content that um we want to share with everyone else so i want to say a special thank you to each and every one of those people and it's funny during the recording of the show we had um our friend michelle uh vm cole pepper good buddy of ours um has been a patron off and on throughout the years uh resubscribe as well so uh welcome back michelle and thank you so much live reactions yeah, mm. kind of cool, right? Like, yeah, I've never back. been able to That's do fun. that. I've literally never been able to do a live. Hey, we just got this patron <laughs> so, in the process of resubscribe while we were recording. But yeah, yeah I think welcome back. Awesome. Welcome back. We're happy to have mm-hmm. you, of course. Yeah, seriously. Um, we have a lot more stuff that we have planned. Um, we've been talking behind the scenes the past few weeks about various things. There's a lot more content coming. One of them incredibly so. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid to ask you which one because all two of the three of them have been we, my ideas. We so talked about it. We to... talked about it on the break. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think that's stupid at all. I think that's amazing. I, but... I think it's stupid <laughs> as hell, which is why I'm really excited to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, seriously, the patrons, thank you so much. You help us follow our dream and bring amazing con, hopefully amazing content to you. Thank you, each and every one of you, so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Perfect. And that's going to end the show. Just kidding. No, we got, we got one more section. You guys thought you got, could go to bed, but you cannot because we have the Instagram polls, which we do every Tuesday at the Sword Chomp Instagram. If you want to vote on them, you get your skinny little ass or your nice big ass or whatever size ass over there. Thick. And you vote on the polls. Your vote matters. We reflect on it. We talk about it on the show. They're really fun for us. We love to get you involved. So every Tuesday on Instagram at Sorechomp, check it out. But right now we're going to read through the polls. I actually forgot to sum up the polls that we did this week in the intro. So it's going to be kind of a surprise. Pokemon TCG Live is going to drop here very soon. Marking the first time you can play this particular card game online. Um, I made a slight error in my typing of that poll, but regardless, I was curious who's on board. 42% of people said, gotta catch them all. It'll be fun to finally learn how to play that game. <laughs> exactly. And 58% of people said, mm, I'll pass. And you've never, so you've never played the card game, Rich. No, I have. I was a gym leader at Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. Uh, no, I used to play like the OG game and I was actually asking some friends of mine who collect. I was like, are, are the old cards even playable? And they're like, no, no, they're not. And I apparently, yeah, no, there's a meta. They're they're rotated out similar. Like you said, a meta, like a magic kind of thing, because I was like the power level of some of these cards and the HP level of some of these cards makes those original cards look like fucking wussy cards. Little babies. So. Mm-hmm. Are you guys interested in this, uh, the TCG Live, the Pokemon TCG Live, or not so much? Eh, I probably won't put it. Really. Yeah, probably not. Maybe either. I'll dip my toe just to take a look because I do like online card games, but I doubt it'll be a a, a staple for me. Uh, honestly, right. I I'd almost be more interested if it were the ancient cards because the game has gotten to a point where, like, if you just get you know a bad draw, like someone will just win. I play Basically Brock outright. is horny. Yeah, like right off, right off the bat. It's, it's, there are a lot of one-sided games in that card game. Um, not as I don't balanced. Know. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not super interested in the prospect. I'm, I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see if it's going to kind of alleviate some of the stress um, of buying these cards in stores. I know a lot of people like collecting them and that's the hot craze right now. I doubt it because I don't think collecting them has anything to do with playing the game. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right to me as well. Yeah. But it'll be curious to see if that's that, if there's a trend there at all in the amount of cards bought. Maybe it'll increase, in fact. Maybe people. Honestly, will be like, it's, it's still probably going to be the best way to play it. But yeah. I Especially think you right have now. to be into it in the first place, which I don't I'm know. I'm sure there's a helpline for. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. A fair amount of people have been reporting technical issues with Deathloop. I was curious with our, our uh, chompers. Is this the case for you? 
73% of people said, no, I, I haven't been having any problems, no problems. And 27% of people said, yeah, it's not great. It's mostly a PC thing, is my understanding. They're, they're, the PS5 one is not without its issues. Um, they really need to fix some of the UI stuff. Sometimes the UI jams up a little bit, and that has happened to me. Yeah. Um, but the, the bulk of the issues are on the PC version. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I've had a couple of the UI issues like between levels, where it's just like doesn't want to back out of stuff or whatever. Yeah, same. Um, and then I've also had a few minor issues with like the way it handles uh, Cole's voice like his inner monologue like sometimes it sounds like way too echoey for some reason it's like the way they process it or whatever it's minor minor thing that I assume Mm. is a bug because otherwise it's a very strange you know thematic choice Um, right assume it's a bug but again minor stuff Sure. Um, also kind of along with that there's been a patch for that thing almost every day uh, since it came out on PC it seems like they are knocking a lot of these things down that's uh, good that's really good pretty quick I mean you ju- you, you juxtapose that to um, what we're going to be talking about here in a second Cyberpunk 2077 where <laughs> people um, are like eh. I don't want to talk about that I'll just go <laughs> I'm just saying I'm glad that this game is getting consistent support that it needs Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, I did a poll. Cyberpunk 2077 just dropped a huge update, fixing many of the issues that they hadn't already fixed and giving away some free costumes, some free cosmetics as just a simple thank you to the fans who have stuck with it and letting them know that basically we have DLC, the big ones in the works. Look for them at the beginning of next year. Um, People are theorizing it's going to be a la Blood and Wine from Witcher 3, like that level of DLC that's going to be dropped. And so I was curious, um, would you consider giving the game another shot, knowing that it's fixed a lot of the bugs that it had and um, that there's DLC on the way? 70% of people said, I think so. And 30% of people said, nah, no interest. And I understand both sides of that completely. For me, I'm actually... um, I mean, there's not much... left in the game for me to do i'd pretty much done most of what i wanted to do when i put it down i don't really want to play it right now i want to wait for the dlc i will definitely be trying it again when the dlc comes out for the right I would, price i would like to see what the hell that game even looks like without it being a complete buggy mess right so like the morbid curiosity part of me is like yeah no i'll, I'll check it out again at some point but also uh, I don't know. I think the story um, in that game yeah. is such a mess that, like, I don't really care. Like, <sighs> me, me trying it again does not mean me f- ever finishing, you know, the thing again. Like, finally sitting down and being like, okay, now it's good because it, like, I don't know. Yeah. All the I, rest I, of it's still there. I saw somebody posted a screenshot um, today, one of the more uh, well known gamers out there. I posted a screenshot on his brand new computer using ray tracing and stuff like that. It looks fucking gorgeous. So looks like they're fixing some of those issues. At least that doesn't mean everything's fixed. And like you said, doesn't mean the story has gotten any better <laughs> because the story is a little bit of a mess for sure. So I'm hoping that the DLC kind of fixes some of those story issues, but we'll see. Yeah. And, and Rich, I don't. I think I already know where you sit, so I don't need to. <laughs> 
yeah. your opinion on it. I didn't even really like that game that much when it was working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm kind of over it, I guess. That's is, fair. I, I don't begrudge I anyone who reason, really likes it, but I was that. I was probably the least into it overall, and I, I really I really did want to like it. And then you you had that shit. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, let's move on to the next poll. So um, Jackbox Eight is about to drop. I think it might have dropped at this point, or it's dropping next week. I don't remember the exact. I'll date. verify that for you. Go ahead. Please, while I'm reading this, are they the best party games ever? Seventy-seven or seventy percent of people said I love them. Thirty percent of people said, "Nah, there are better ones." And I love party games like Mario Kart, Mario Party, uh, Rock Band. It's a ways off. Like... It's out October eighteenth. Oh, oh, okay. So I had my definitely had my dates mixed up. Okay, thank you, Rich. No problem. I definitely think it's one of the best party games of all time for sure. And because like each version, you know, it'll have some similar games. Like it'll have an updated version of those games, but they're constantly dropping new games and new styles. And I played them at house parties. I've streamed with them. I've had private streams with them with friends, especially during the height of the pandemic last year when everybody was at home. Mm-hmm. I love these that games. That is how I, I hung out with a lot of my friends over the pandemic was Jackbox in particular. They're, yep. That is the that is a great night. We did a stream of Jackbox ourselves here where I was trashed out of my mind and I bought a oh, t-shirt. Yeah, um, yeah, Jackbox is great. Yeah. I definitely think they're the best party game of the modern age of all time. I'm not sure because like you think about like Birio Kart, Mario Kart, that's always a good time. Smash is a great time to play at a party. There's so um, many good ones. There's there are a lot of good party games. Like so many of the Wii games were great at that. WarioWare. WarioWare Smooth Moves. Smooth Moves yeah. is one of the best party games of all time. Even even just the Wii Sports is overcooked a, is a damn good party game overcooked is a great game yeah to mm-hmm. do um hellblade is a fantastic game party game to do as well <laughs> no i'm just kidding about that but yeah no there are a lot of good party games but i think i've had hellgate london cons- <laughs> werewolf in london no i've i think i've consistently had the most fun party game wise on either rock band or jackbox demon souls for me <laughs> one person plays everybody gets tissues for the time you cry as you lose my, as my friends sit around my apartment going why do we keep coming here because <laughs> it's what we were born to do John um, a wonderful Kenna trailer just dropped and that was right before the release this game looks so good is this a must play for you I wanted to know 74% of people had the right answer and said looks amazing 26% of you sad sacks of shit said I'll pass. Confused about the 26%? No. I get it. I get it. It's not for everybody. But, Josh, are the 74% of people right? Is it amazing? I'm, I'm really liking it. I mean, I kind of, as I was saying earlier, it's... it's I, I, I really love it. It's, it is a slower-paced game than a lot of stuff going on right now so um kind of need that that's not gonna be for everyone but i i'm really really enjoying it cool cool cool. yeah i'm excited to sink my teeth into it um two examples of beautiful special edition controllers this one you guys if you have never seen these 
look at the photo I sent you earlier. Mm -hmm. It is the Tron Legacy controllers for the PS3, Xbox 360, and the Wii that dropped in 2011 or 2010, maybe. Is a long time ago. Very very beautiful controllers where um, parts of it lit up in that neon blue that Tron Legacy had going on during that time. Absolutely amazing looking controllers versus the new Skyward Sword Joy-Cons. I I just chose those because they are I think those Joy-Cons are also beautiful and they're one of the newer ones. And it was just a random pull. There was no rhyme or reason why I picked th- necessarily these two. I was like there have been a lot of beautiful controllers throughout the years. What are two yeah. that I could think of? And Tron the Tron Legacy one and the Skyward Sword ones were the first ones that came to mind. So I was like I'll just do those. Yep. Just kind of curious. And as you would expect with all the neon lighting in the controllers, the Tron Legacy controllers defeated the Skyward Sword controller 72% to Skyward Sword's 28%. And what's interesting about those controllers, the Skyward Sword ones, is we have our patron and good buddy Tawny, who bought those controllers, was using them, and is already having Joy-Con drift from them. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was... That's by design. Yeah. And uh to get those repaired in the in uh in Europe is apparently much more difficult than the US, so Oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. My condolences to him, but yeah, those Tron Legacy controllers. Also, I mean they cost you a pair of scissors and ten minutes, if you know what you're doing. Um Yeah, it's yeah, tiny you can in look there. It, look it up online as well. Yeah, uh, there's I'll kinda I'll get into it here. Shortly, uh, the way most joy sticks work is there's essentially a sensor that's reading where you position the analog stick. Mm. And in the Switch version, it's placed on like the bottom of it instead of on the side, the way it is on most. Okay. For space reasons. And essentially, um, if there's not enough what, pressure on it... I don't know what the it, Milky Way Galaxy has to do with this. It will, it will, it will loosen itself a up lot. over time, and it will not get good contacts on that sensor. And you can mm. kind of fix it by putting something behind that metal plate, so it maintains the proper contact. Is there is there a YouTube video tutorial? There on is that? a YouTube video. Um, you can probably search it fairly easily at this point. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can essentially. You know, just put a little piece of cardstock behind mm. that plate, and it'll give it enough extra pressure to to fix the issue. That's um, just so fucking weird to me. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum in the past, but four years later, still having the same issue. Yeah. Mind-boggling to yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a design issue because of where they located the sensor on the thing, and then, uh, yeah, like, they... they you could probably overbuild it with like an additional spring assembly. So even if that part loosens up, there's still something continuing to put pressure on it from the inside. But, uh, mm. I mean, that would be more expensive instead of it being a, you know, $3 part that might bump it up to a $5 part. And then your right. margins just aren't as good. Too much so, for my exactly. bad. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, Tron legacy controller is amazing. If you've never seen it, Google image it phenomenal looking controller i wish i would have invested in them when i was younger because they're 
I don't know if they still go for a lot of money. They did for a little while, but they're beautiful Probably. controllers. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. One of a kind. Uh, this last this last poll, you guys absolutely have to look at this to understand the context. Um, if you guys haven't already seen it, this one here. Um, I'm talking to Josh and Rich, both of you, if you haven't seen this photo. It says, I have to go to this Little Caesars immediately. And for those of you, this is an audio podcast. I'll do my best to describe it. Little Caesars has a 3.4 rating. The pizza, it says pizza restaurant closed. It is a photo. You know how you like swipe to the left and it shows you photos of the restaurant. There, <laughs> there is a photo of two women fighting and there's one standing, the other sitting down getting her hair pulled by the one standing. Huh. <laughs> and, uh, and that, I don't know if it was real or not. I saw it on Twitter. I immediately went and searched this exact location. I could not find these photos. I don't know if it was just Photoshopped or these photos did exist on there and were pulled down. I don't know what the case is, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. I was laughing my ass off and decided to turn it into a cheeky little poll. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know if people had to go experience that Little Caesars to find out what the fuck is going on down there. Oh What's in the pizza? What's the, in that uh, pepperoni? pepperoni? 69% of people said, let me get some whoop ass. Yep. 31% of people said, more reason not to go. Yeah, there was a Wendy's where we used to live. Not at our, not at our last place, but the, yeah. the house before that. And every... Every time we ever ate in the restaurant there, you'd get to watch some sort of domestic dispute. Dope. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck it was going on in that Wendy's, but, like, people would show up there just to have their knockdown drag out. Like, yeah. You always got, was, you always got dinner their, and a their show. family counseling is going to the local Wendy's. Yep. Well, I hate dinner theater. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you <laughs> like it then, huh? At a like, where do I like theater? In a theater. You you always talking about the theater. You're never talking about me. Broadway. Listen, you know I love this burger that you bought me, but I don't like the way you treat me, Rich. I like. We should have gone to Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Here's the thing, Rich. At once upon a time, I used to be able to have it my way, but not anymore. Mm. And who goes to Burger King for anything other than burger fries? Or, uh, sorry, burger fries, uh, chicken fries. Uh, no one, but also I'm gonna write down burger fries. There's an idea there. Yeah, that that sounds promising. Imagine just like a hollowed out French fry. It has that like crispy potato feel on, on the inside. It's just ground up ingredients of a hamburger or a cheeseburger thrown on the inside of that. Uncooked. Uh, no. Let's not kill anyone, Rich. Oh, somebody's got a weak constitution. <laughs> Dude, I told you I guys, can't I eat ate raw McDonald's meat. the other, other day and I shit my guts out. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, so, um, anyways, that, that was our polls for this week. Um, some really fun, interesting polls. If you ever want to be a part of them, like I said, 
Sorechomp Instagram every Tuesday. Check them out. Um, we didn't do any our opinions usual asking uh, the fans to comment on the topic of the week this week. As you can see, we are running a very long podcast this week. I knew we were going to go long just because of all the games that we've been catching up on and had to play. Um, there were a lot of announcements in the Nintendo um, Direct. So next week we'll be back to listener comments on the topic. I'm really excited for next week's topic. We were going to do it this week. The Nintendo Direct was too amazing, so we bumped it a week. Really excited for that topic, so um, be on the lookout for that next week. A few uh, back-end things really quickly. If you like what you heard here, please like and subscribe the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You know the drill. Um, also, please head over to our site, sorechomp.com, to check out all the stuff we have there. First off, I want to point out that we have a lot more reviews and articles going up there. Um, our good buddy Ray, who has been putting some articles up there from time to time. He, uh, he got a new article up there. Please check it out. Um, it's a little bit different than reviews. He's asking for um, some opinions, trying to get some fan interaction on there. Please check it out. Leave a comment, and we can read it on the show as well. Uh, Rich, you're muted, just so you know. No, I'm not. And now you're not. Okay, good. And also, um, check out some of Rich's reviews. He's been getting a lot of reviews on the new stuff he's been working. He's been putting in the work. Show him some love on there. Even if you read it, skim it, and you like what you see, just say, nice review, Rich. Let him know. Give him some praise. He likes some praise once in a while. I would know from experience from the times he's given me head. But anyways, um, also, if you want to check out some of the other stuff. It's hard to do from across the ocean. (laughs) I got a long peen. Um, But no, check out Redbubble for our merch and stuff like that. We're going to be working on the site uh, on our Redbubble stuff here in the next week or two. There's been some... uh, new merch options so we need to get those updated such as a new hat and other things of that nature so we're going to get that updated in the event that you are like oh i need a new hat and i want it sore chomp we're going to get that updated for you so chomping at the hat that's right also um of course we have our other podcasts our chomping after dark which you can check out this month's uh just to give you guys a little preview we um in october we did an episode with a special guest we're really excited the patrons are going to get that in two weeks you guys will be getting that at the end of the month and um return of the king lord of the rings return of the king just dropped i think yesterday or it's going to be dropping today finally the trilogy comes to an end rich and i had so much fun doing that so check that out and of course evoking the sublime um that's kind of a temporarily archived at this point check it out uh if you have not listened to that podcast last thing um last two things i should say the patreon i as we've talked about earlier in the show helps us tremendously um as we continue to work on getting new content and like i said um there is a lot of new content we have planned there's a lot in the works obviously rich has his new podcast that he's doing we have some other stuff in the works it would mean the world to us if you at least just go over to the Patreon and check it out, see what we're doing there. See if anything interests you because we want to put more content and better content out there for you. And also, use a patron, have an active voice in what we do here. Um, whether it's you're involved in the Discord and the VIP, whether you're um, letting us know how we can better improve the channel. 
or not the channel, the podcast and the business. And actually in a few weeks, I'm going to be designing a survey monkey for, for our patrons to um, let us know what we could do better in the show. And there will be some incentive, which I will be announcing um, to the patrons probably in a week or two, um, what they will get if they uh, participate in that survey. So if you're interested in something like that, at least just go check out the patron, let us, or the Patreon maybe find something there of interest and you will help us out tremendously. So, and other than that, um, am I forgetting anything guys? No. Don't think uh, so. Just get out there and play some games. Uh, there, there have been a lot of amazing games out there recently. If you have the free time and you want to um, just play some fucking games, there are so many good games out there right now. And this year alone, we've seen some crazy good titles. Um, yeah, just go out there and have some fun with some gaming. Uh, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. I know it's a really hard and polarizing time right now, and I'm not always perfect at that myself. Just drink lots of water and think about each other. Other than that, thank you guys so much. We're going to be back next week for another exciting, brilliant, fascinating, whatever adjective you want to use, episode of The Chompcast. Take care. Bye.